Welcome to the Space Nerds Podcast, your source for intergalactic science fiction and science fact. And now, straight from the year 3000, here's your host and constant cosmic companion, Jesse Mercury. What's up, Space Nerds? Welcome to the show. I'm here with Andy from our Star Trek Club. <laughs> Seemed right. As the only space nerd who lives with me. <laughs> well, unless you count Miles, but... Well, yeah, I do count Miles, but and he's on every episode coughing in the background. <laughs> Truly, yeah. He wants his voice to be heard. Yes, but as the one who lives with me, yeah, uh, it's great that you live with me because now you can come do space news as well. <laughs> I agree, actually. I I was just talking the other day about how awesome this is because when you live with someone, you tend to get into conversational habits, I think. You just talk about similar things in similar ways. And um, yeah, podcast is a great way to switch that up and bring up different topics. And even if you aren't recording a podcast, just like, hey, want to look at a piece of random news and talk about it? Yeah. You know, it's kind of cool. I'm, I'm, yeah, I loved the one we did on consciousness last yeah, week. Yeah, I thought about it a lot. It was yeah. a really great conversation, yeah. and it, it made me want to ask you back this week. And <gasps> oh, also, gee, thanks. <laughs> you're the only human being I've had any contact with in the last month or so, so. <laughs> Lucky me. Yeah. Um, it worked out actually really well that you joined the Space Nerds crew right before this <laughs> pandemic broke out, because now I do live with it, with one of those base nerds. Sure. Although you've been like coming on the show for a long time. Yeah. I mean, I feel yeah. like even if I hadn't, you probably wouldn't be like, well, you're not officially one of the space nerds, so sure. you, I won't record with you. Right. That's never stopped me before. No, no, But no. now you are officially one of the space I nerds. I know. So it's yeah. really, it's double down. Speaking of, yeah. Star Trek Club. Uh, so Star Trek Club started when Picard started a couple months ago, and we had so much fun with it that we're continuing it. And we, we've we actually already recorded the first two episodes of Star Trek Discovery. Yeah. So right here on this very podcast feed, uh, <laughs> you will start to hear Star Trek Club breaking down every episode of Discovery. You will. So much fun. Mm-hmm. How are you feeling about it? Oh, man. Well, I... I have mixed feelings about it. I go more into it um, on the on the first two episodes. But yeah, I um, th- well, yeah, it's layered because so so I just finished watching through all of TNG. Yes. And we are going to. I Yes, we have to talk about that. We'll get into we that. We have so much on the show yeah. today. I'll tell you it's, what's coming on the show after Andy finishes it's this It's ripe with information. But, yes. um, but what I will say, the reason I bring it up when you ask me how I feel about watching through Discovery um, is that, and I've mentioned this, but I love, what I love about TNG is that episodic, bizarre, not too dramatic, but definitely touching on dramatic themes. It's just like the right balance of goofy and funny and ridiculous, but also really meaningful and... Mm-hmm. And I, just, I love that tone. And Star Trek, I, I mean, they, they also achieve that in Deep Space Nine. Like, that that's a real theme in terms of the way that Star Trek formats its television. And um, when we first watched Discovery the first time through, this is our second time, uh, I was kind of craving another show like that. And like so, TNG. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And this is kind of like really taking it to a totally different spectrum. Yeah. This um, is like, are you craving more Game of Thrones? Well, here's Game of right. Thrones in space. It's like serialized, dramatic, high stakes constantly, action-based, yes. violent. Um, yeah. And so it's just a totally different kind of show than I was craving from Star Trek. Mm-hmm. Um, however, the first time we watched it, we actually were also watching... Uh, um, 
Oh, what's it called? Uh, 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 the Seth MacFarlane yes. Orville. The Orville. Orville thank yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. I kept wanting um, to say Outlander, yeah, which is yeah, not it. That's a whole other conversation. Yes. Um, but yeah, so we were watching the Orville, which really does actually fit right into that genre that that is more of what I wanted. Um, but I actually fell off with that show, so maybe that's something else to do. But anyway, this is all to say... Once I got on board with what type of show it was and just went, okay, well, it's not what I'm craving, but that doesn't mean it's not a good show. I still <laughs> struggled with it. Yeah. Um, but I'm trying this time watch through to really just like invest in that. And mm. knowing that you I mean, cause you said you, you have, you loved season two. Yeah. And Andy so, bailed before season two. I did. I watched, no, not before. I, I think I watched the first episode. That's right. Of that's right. Two. That's right. And I was like, I can't take any more of <laughs> <Yeah>. this. <laughs> and um, it got good in episode two of season two. Of course it did. Of course yeah. it did. But so, I was right there with you. Like I, yeah. I did not like season one. But you're such a completionist. And especially when it comes to Star Trek, I'm oh, sure yeah. there's no way you weren't going to watch it. I'm never going to stop watching Star Trek no matter how much I hate <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. But luckily... It really turned around. It did, according to you, and I yeah. believe you, and I trust your opinion on Star Trek a lot Captain of the time. Captain Pike, oof, oof, what a hunk. I mean, okay. Break me off a piece of that, Captain Pike. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll have what I'm he's sorry. Having. No, please. I, I didn't know I was doing that until I got halfway through. Never it. apologize and then I for making for a jingle-based joke. That's fantastic. <laughs> um, but anyway, knowing that it's yes. heading towards something. Um, good. Yeah, I think will help me get through the season. And the other thing that I'm really excited about is to talk through it with the group that we have because we have you who watched it the first time and didn't enjoy it right. really at all. We have Doug who watched it the first time and did enjoy it. Right, like saw flaws with it, but in- overall enjoyed he it. Has always maintained that he liked season one. Of yeah, Discovery. yeah. And yeah. then we have Sarah who hasn't watched it at all. Yeah, so and it's Sarah, like, who's only seen Star Trek Picard. Like yeah. she, she was just here on the night we started recording, and we liked having her around so much that she just became a part of the group, yeah. which I love. I actually really like having someone in the room who has no knowledge of what we're talking about. It's awesome. Yeah. I think it's actually, it's a great formula for anyone that wants to review a show that's been out for a while is yeah. to have people that have watched it and love it and know it deep, deep down into its fandom and yeah. also to have someone that has almost zero context yeah. for it. Because like, does it translate to someone without yeah. the background information? Right, right. Yeah. And then you get to like share what you love about it with a new person. Yeah. And at the same time, she has a lot of questions that people who listen to the podcast might have. Yeah. So I feel like it makes a more um, like uh, in- inclusive listening environment. Absolutely. Where you don't need to know shit about Star Trek to, no. to be a part of our Star Trek club. No. And I actually think she also points out really interesting things For based sure. on the fact that she's not distracted by all. Like she just has a totally different approach. Yeah. Um, she doesn't have the, the history that you probably when you carry it in, it may lead your mind down different paths. Whereas if you're looking at it with fresh eyes, you may see something or bring something up that you would never do if you had a stronger history with the show. Sure. So, yeah, really so that's cool. been really fun. So, the this podcast has changed a lot in the last few months. I changed the yeah. name from Sci-Fi with Jesse Mercury to Space Nerds. I added in all these co-hosts and it just keeps ex- expanding. Yeah. Um, but as it sits right now, here is what my intention for what this show is. Mm. So, who knows what it will be cuz I keep having intentions that are changed, but Yeah, we talk about it a lot. Yeah, we do. Andy's my good. sounding board. Yeah, um, yeah. so right now we're looking at Star Trek Club every week. And then uh, this episode every week, which is 
the space news, and then a science fiction discussion. So mm-hmm. we are rotating through Black Mirror, Firefly, Deep Space Nine, and now our new Star Wars Club. So basically, you get two episodes a week, hopefully. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't have a release schedule, so I'm just like, let's get a podcast out today. And then like three <laughs> days later, I'm like, oh, I feel like it's time. And then I just do another. Yeah. Um, because that's the way the world works Totally. Now. I think everyone's on that page. Yeah. So... Uh, yeah, and then, like, once a month, you get either Firefly, Deep Space Nine, what, and the other two that I... Star Wars Club and Black Mirror. The, yeah. And, yeah, so we've got Doug for Deep Space Nine, we've got Jane for Firefly, Alexandra for Black Mirror, and then Andy and Sarah join Doug and I for Star Trek Club, and then, uh, Jenny and B join Doug and I for Star Wars Club. Yeah. And that's the Space Nerds. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> so today... Yes. We've got a Star Wars Club episode. It's the first one that we tried to do oh, remotely. Wow. So yeah. it was I was the only one in the room, and then Doug, B, and Jenny were all remote. Okay. And uh, I don't know how it's going to come out. And I, as always, am very open to feedback. If it's unlistenable, please let me know. Mm. SpaceNerdsPodcast at gmail.com. You can always get in touch with us. Um, and then Andy and I are going to talk about some space news in just a couple minutes. Yeah. Um, I also... I'm dying to talk to you about TNG because yeah. you just got through it. And right. I'm, I know I'm opening us up to have a really long episode today, but I think it's <laughs> worth it. And on top of that, you and I just finished watching season one of Outlander, which yeah. is tangentially spacey because it's created by the people who ran Deep Space Nine and also Battlestar Galactica. Sure. And it's um, time travel. And it's it's time travel, but it's not necessarily science fiction. It's more of like yeah. a fantasy. Yeah, yeah, Kind yeah, of like that yeah. movie we talked about, About, about time, time. yeah, where yeah, yeah. There wasn't really any sci-fi in it, but sure. it was a time travel thing. So right. anyway, like as a space nerd... Uh, as someone who just loves Ronald D. Moore's career and has been watching it closely for years, I've always wanted to watch Outlander. Yeah. And Andy and I got through it recently. And since that is kind season of just... Season one, yeah. Yes, season one. Since yeah. it is like tangentially spacey, I thought that maybe we could do that as a Patreon bonus episode. Love it, absolutely. Because that's just too much for one podcast. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. <sighs> and then before we get to any of that, <laughs> uh, I have uh, two quick things I want to share. One... Um, I just want to give an extra special shout out and thank you to Dennis Koch because he's been sharing every episode of this podcast for months. Like I, every once in a while, I'll log into Facebook and I have this like string of notifications that that Dennis has shared a whole bunch of the podcasts, and it always makes me so happy. And I really appreciate it. Anyone out there who's trying to help share this podcast, spread the word about the good times that we're having here, help us to grow this whole Space Nerds crew with you listeners. I really appreciate that. And Dennis has really stood out above and beyond. So thank you so much, Dennis. I appreciate you. I appreciate you too, Dennis. Everyone appreciates Dennis. <laughs> okay, and one more thing before we get to the space news. This is some real world news and it is very sad news. Uh, the cinematographer from E.T., one of my absolute favorite movies has passed away at 77 from the COVID-19 virus, mm. which is super sad. Um, yeah. His name is Alan DeViao. I am saying that wrong, I'm sure. Uh, and this is a gentleman whose name I've never known before. I mean, I mm. get nerdy sometimes about looking at the credits in movies, but this is a name that was unfamiliar to me. But his work is incredibly familiar to me. Yeah. Uh, a few years ago, I made a music video for my song, Elliot, which is about E.T., and I cut together footage from E.T., uh, to make this music video, it's just, that's all it is. It's just ET footage, and I spent a lot of time taking this movie apart and reassembling it in a different order. Mm-hmm. And I mean, uh, I've made a few pieces of fan art like this, hmm. and you you just gain such an appreciation for the for the thing. Yeah, when you 
disassemble it and reassemble it yeah or just like you know scrub through it one frame at a time and mm-hmm. just look at the beauty in every shot in yeah. et yeah that movie looks incredible mm. and this man made a piece of work that will last as long as pop culture exists absolutely and it is horrible that he was taken from us by this insane virus that has completely changed the face of the planet yeah overnight mm-hmm but and I just wanted to pay some respect because man, his his work has really been influential. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah. Okay, Andy. Okay. Are you ready for some space news? Let's get into it. Let's do it. Space news. Okay, our space news this week comes from NASA. NASA.gov. Straight heard, from I've the heard source. Of them. I've You've heard, heard of, of NASA. Yeah, yeah, what does it stand for? Nose ass sandwich <laughs> adjustment. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> Nose ass sandwich adjustment. Yep. I thought it meant not all super awesome. Oh, mine was bad. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, mine was better, but yeah, that's yours okay. was unbeatable. You started at a yeah, high place. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, the bar was just way too high. Yes. So from uh, NASA.gov, and as always, I put these links in the description of the podcast if you want to read the whole article, because we're just going to take a look at a little section of it today. But sure. The headline, Earth-sized habitable zone planet found hidden in early NASA Kepler data. That's a confusing headline. Wait. <laughs> uh, so, so the gist of this um, is that NASA scientists mm-hmm. took a second look at Kepler space telescope data, old Kepler data, okay, and discovered a planet. Uh, I guess they've increase their ability to analyze this data with new algorithms or I don't know what it takes, but they found a planet in old data that they hadn't noticed before. It was hidden. Yeah, it was hidden. Yes. Um, And it's called Kepler 1649C. Oh my goodness. And this planet is very similar to Earth in several key ways. This planet might support life and is about the same size as Earth. And if it doesn't support life now, it could support potentially human life. So this planet is... You know, a uh, an option for humans to settle on. Crazy. If we ever develop that technology, maybe. You know, it's hard to tell when things are real far away. <laughs> yeah. um, but let's take a look at some of this article. Yeah. The newly revealed world is only 1.06 times larger than our own planet. Also, the amount of starlight it receives from its host star is 75% of the amount of light Earth receives from our sun. Oh. Meaning the exoplanet's temperature may be similar to our planet's as well. Hmm. But unlike Earth, it orbits a red dwarf. Though none have been observed in this system, this type of star is known for stellar flare-ups that may make a planet's environment challenging for mm. any potential life. Mm. So, yeah, there might be intense, you know, solar storms or whatever. I mean, we, we don't know if there's water on this world. We don't know much about it at all, except yeah. that it's about the same size and it's about the same distance from its star that we are from our sun. Right. So, potentially in that Goldilocks zone. Not too hot, not too cold, um, but orbiting a red dwarf star. Right. So fascinating information. Holy yeah. Schnikes. I, I mean, mean, where does this make your mind go, Andy? I mean, it makes my mind go, wow, where are we headed? <laughs> and who else is out there? Um Well, what's interesting is that this information, I guess, has been available to us. Like we were able to obtain the data that had this information in it we just weren't able to analyze it yeah that's interesting isn't it that would help reveal this thing so it makes me wonder what other types of information and categories of data we have that 
could hold similar secrets within them, you know? Sure. Or different, really different secrets, but just, I mean, it's interesting that when you think of exploration, a lot of times you think exploring places you haven't explored as opposed Mm. to, like, re-exploring somewhere you've explored with a stronger tool or better understanding. Sure, like the human genome is an example, how the more we learn about the human body, Mm. the more information we can get from mapping someone's genome. Because we just don't understand... Yeah. what some things mean or how to track some markers or whatever, you know? Oh, absolutely. Or or for some reason, at one point in time, something was more impo- important to focus on. Right. And so that's where the resources went. I mean, it, like women's health health is such a good example. Like there's actually been very little research sure. with of female anatomy just because that hasn't been really the focus. Um, but I think that that... And, I mean, wrongfully so, obviously, but I do think that's shifting. It's also interesting, like, how we're, in some ways, how socialization affects what we explore in science. Hmm. Um, you know, so, for example, like, socialization of, of in this way, at least for medical science, like, who's getting the mo- who what types of bodies are being valued more or are have more resources to put towards their yeah. exploration. Yeah. And, um and with both planetary and human. Right. Well, that's the cool. And then in planetary science, is there any bias um, based on who's doing the science, like in terms of what they would be looking for? Yeah, I think the better the scientists, the less personal bias influences their work. Right. But I think it's impossible to not have any personal bias. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But I guess, yeah, now that we're talking about it, I, I suppose this case isn't really about what <laughs> what people were looking for, and it was more about the tools they had. Is that what it, the article's saying? It was more about that they... That's my extrapolation, is, right. that, is that they've developed better ways of analyzing the data they already had. Yeah, yeah. Which is so interesting. I mean, it, we have these telescopes, you know, looking at the sky, mm. and gathering so much data that it could take us decades to like pour through it all yeah that's that's interesting too i mean i don't know if it was decades i don't know how long ago it was but does it say anything about how far away this planet is from it does yes um i think it was 300 light years let me let me find that you keep talking while i look yep got it located 300 light years from earth yes so wow Yeah. Okay, so here's a little more info that I skipped accidentally. Scientists discovered this planet called Kepler-1649c when looking through old observations from Kepler, which the agency retired in 2018. While previous searches with a computer algorithm misidentified it, researchers viewing Kepler data took a second look at the signature and Mm. recognized it as a planet. Out of all the exoplanets found by Kepler, this distant world located 300 light years from Earth is most similar to Earth in size and estimated temperature. So it's not the closest exoplanet that that kepler found but it is the most similar to earth in size and temperature right and that's a big deal as far as supporting life is concerned sure yeah so how i mean okay and i'm just gonna risk sounding ignorant in this category but that's fine (laughs) um how do they how do they get that information um 300 light years away oh man this is stuff that i understand a little bit but not a ton mm-hmm. um i mean we know we know how fast the speed of light travels and i think that you can use that to estimate distance somehow i don't know what yeah. i'm saying no i mean i i know i think that sounds yeah i felt like around. i knew that and then i started talking and i'm like i don't know that i don't know i don't know how they estimate that yeah it's um, an interesting 
yeah thing and then like i'm now now i'm going into my star trek brain but like so if i was on the enterprise how long would it take me to get to that planet well that is a little bit of a gray area because hypothetically nothing can go faster than the speed of light right but in all science fiction in most science fiction anyway including star trek they have fictional propulsion that right. takes them faster than the speed of light so uh like it's warp drive in star trek yeah and they so go warp- much much faster than the speed of light and is there any like science around around that? warp drive absolutely yeah. okay. yes uh there are people trying to create warp drive through oh, okay. a variety of methods I, yeah the idea uh, one of the ideas is to kind of um fold space so mm-hmm. that you're not technically going faster than the speed of light but like you're traveling in um like uh, like you're like bringing two points in space closer together yeah it's like if you were putting a needle through a cloth yes and instead of taking it directly up the cloth you folded the cloth multiple times and yeah. put it straight through yeah that's like that, there's I mean like, that's a spatial explanation people trying to figure out if that's possible yeah um huh. there's also like trying to figure out if there is like a dimension outside of normal space that can be traveled through in star trek you hear it referred to as subspace yeah 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 um, where like subspace communication back to earth from all the way out in the galaxy is almost instantaneous because it's traveling through basically another dimension um <laughs> so and then there's crazy. you know wormholes w- that are yeah. theoretically possible uh or black holes could theoretically you know you could enter in one side and out the other, although you're probably going to be crushed. Let's yeah, be real. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But like wormholes, like there's theories out there that they could exist. Hmm. Um, yeah, there's a lot of stuff out there yeah. of people like trying to crack the code. This is something I love about science. Like mm. this is this is with time travel also yeah. where there are scientists out there like there's a thing out there that I want to exist. So I'm going to see if I can figure out a way to make it exist. <laughs> yeah. So there's like no proof that time travel or warp drive could exist right now but there are scientists working the problem yeah to see if we can solve it or even just traveling at the speed of light Uh is not something that we have achieved yet yeah so even just getting to that point you know some sort of or or, or like building renewable propulsion sure or um fuelless propulsion there's all sorts of crazy stuff happening yeah in in science of people trying to prove these things and even like seti the search for extraterrestrial intelligence yeah is just scientists hoping to find life out in the universe mm. and going about different ways of doing it mm-hmm. with no proof that it exists. Yeah. And I think that's so cool too. Sure. Uh, I mean, because why, like yeah. breakthroughs happen, you yeah. know, all the time. You're certainly not going to find it if you don't look. Yeah. Like back in the day, if you would have said to someone that there was a way that you could send information from one person to another through the air mm-hmm. uh, instantaneously, mm-hmm. that would sound like witchcraft. That yeah. would sound as crazy as folding space Well, to, to travel pa- faster than the speed of light. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So Jesse and I um, have recently invested in BritBox, which is, <laughs> <laughs> which is like, the, it's, an, it's an addition to the Amazon Prime uh, subscription. And it has all of this amazing yes. British and BBC a- Andy material. invested in BritBox. I did. Let's be clear. I did, but. Andy was watching BritBox and I was like, oh. <gasps> Is that Are You Being Served? And now we're watching it together because I fucking love that show. We are. And it's amazing. And you're wondering, how am I going to fold this in? Well, let me tell you. So we also watched the very first episode of Doctor Who ever. Yeah. And in that episode, 
Doctor Who is being very rude to a couple of teachers. <laughs> Sorry, spoiler <laughs> alert. But um, and anyway, but he's talking about they 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 go into the TARDIS and they cannot understand how it's possible that it looks like a telephone booth from the outside and then it's this spacious ship on the inside. Yeah, and he says um, something like, "Well." You never would have thought before television that you could fit an entire building into your living room. Yeah. But, you know, da-da-da-da-da, like, you know, and that makes me think about that. Like, your your mind and the way you think about things and what's possible is only limited within what you can or already have seen evidence of. Right. So you have to, in order for it to expand, you have to search for things outside of that. You have to imagine. Yeah. You have to use your creativity. Right. Yeah. Um, but this is all, yeah. But the point is they found this planet, or they, they have, I guess, kind of, yeah, it was found it hidden in this de- footage. Or I mean, was there, was there a picture of it in the article? Uh, well, there's like Or an a, imagined rendering or whatever. Uh, well, yeah, there's this picture. That I, this can't be a real picture. No. Um, but is it, it, I mean, I'm assuming it's their rendering based on the information they have about yeah, the planet. Yeah, I'm not sure. Like, I don't know how strong the Kepler telescope was. Like, could it get this close, this real looking of an image from 300 light years away? Probably not. But I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know either. I don't know things. I mean, there are like images of like galaxies, you know, there's image, sure. there's, there's this famous image where it looks like a starry sky, but every star is a galaxy mm. and that's way further away. Mm. So, and it's not that we're seeing something that's that far away. It's that we're seeing the light um, that it gave off as it came closer to us. Right. So, we're seeing a version of it from the past. Crazy. Uh, yeah. I mean, I I want to be more scientifically minded. And that's part of why the Space News was added to this podcast. Because mm. I'm learning a lot. Yeah. But I don't know that much. Sure. I You know, I... I'm like Sarah with Star Trek as far as <laughs> space science goes. Sure, you're you're in the novice phase. Yeah. And yeah. but I'm I'm the one I'm I'm shepherding the information. Yeah. Well, and I think to it's, the room, but I, I don't necessarily know things. Well, I also think it's really important to talk about things that you don't know a ton about. Like you don't I think it's it's important and it's brave because I think a lot of people want to talk about what they have a lot of knowledge in and what they feel like they can speak um impressively on sure now i also think it's important to do your research and and not speak as if you are confident or as if something is fact when you don't know anything about it right but i think it's okay and important to say like hey i admit i actually don't know a lot about this topic or i know a little bit or and here's like here's what i don't know i always appreciate when someone asks a question and just unashamed with no shame is just like hey i don't know that yeah what does that mean you know? I don't know significantly more than I do know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, me too. Well, I mean, I know everything almost, but still. <laughs> yeah. And that's the space news. <laughs> space news! Okay, before we get to our Star Wars club, I really wanted to get Andy's thoughts on Star Trek The Next Generation. For longtime listeners, you will know that Star Trek Next Generation is my bread and butter. It's my favorite show. It's the very first thing I ever covered on this podcast uh, with Jeff back in episode one. We went through every episode of of Next Generation, a season at a time, over the first hundred episodes of this show. Uh-huh. I mean, it wasn't every episode. It was like once every 20 or 30 episodes or something. Yeah. Um, so all of my thoughts on Next Generation are already out there. But 
living with someone, my partner, my girlfriend, who decides to go through and watch the entire show behind my back. <laughs> <laughs> Not at the end. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you started this without me, and I was, like, thrilled when I heard about it. But you watched most of it on your own, and I, right. I hopped in and out with you. Right. And you just finished the show, the finale, All Good Things, like, mm-hmm. two or three days ago. Mm-hmm. So what, what was your experience uh, coming to this show in your 30s for the first time? Yeah. What, what was that like for you? <laughs> what do you have to say about Star Trek Next Generation? Oh, gosh. No pressure. Yeah, this is hard. <laughs> I, say. I was like, yeah, I want to record something about that. Let's talk about it. And now yeah. that I'm sitting here talking about it. I'm- and I know your memory for like character names and for episode names. You're not going to have that because you've only seen it once. Yes. You know? and Besides also, like the main characters and all that shit. But Right. And that that's a very generous explanation. The other reason is that I don't have a good memory for those things. Right. But You lose I- your phone like five times a day. I know. And every time you're just as mad as the time before. It's shocking. I think somebody took it. Yeah. <laughs> In our house. <laughs> no one's ever taken it. There was that one time you left it at a different store, but no one took it. No, no, no one took it. I. It's I- like every time she's like, oh, where's my phone? Do you think someone, Do you think someone took, took it? it? It's like every time it's so funny. Nobody wants my phone, I'll tell yeah. you that. It's but to be fair, I mean, I, I, literally every time I watch TV, I lose the remote. So <laughs> what are you going to do? That's our couch's fault. Though. Our couch is a remote eater. It really is. Yeah. Um. Okay, yeah, TNG. Let's see. Where do we begin? Well, I, I love... Something I love about the show that has nothing to do with that it's sci-fi, that the adventures they go on, the the topics they address, which are all things I love as well. But just something that baseline for any show is is so important for me in order to enjoy it is to build a cast of people that I care about, yeah. that are flawed, that are funny, that have chemistry with each other, and that feel real. And I think TNG does an amazing job of that. Yeah. And they they really know, especially by the end, they know the voices of these people. They know who they are. They know who they are to each other. And I just think then when you set that in a context where they're going on constant space adventures and, <laughs> and putting their lives at risk almost every episode and encountering all of these social, political, and scientific challenges, like, they, that, they, there's nothing better. Like, I, I think that that's, you want to see these people do these wild and crazy things. You want to see what topics the show is going to address. Yes, sometimes they don't address it with the most care or candor. Sometimes it really doesn't age well or it real like in terms of there's a lot of sexism in the show, I would say not terrible, not terrible at all. But certainly you can tell that it was made at a different time, you know, yeah. um, you know, the lack of diversity. There's there's definitely things that I think if the show was being made now would be different uh, and I wish that they were different then Um, yeah but for the time they did a really good job they did I mean for the time when it was made there is more diversity than most shows yeah and there are some blind spots in that for for sure sure. oh yeah but they were making the effort and that even though they showed some sexism they also um really tried to say that women in the future are equal to men sure um, yeah, yeah. They, they say it over and over, even though they show you something different sometimes, <laughs> right. but, which is a product of the era. But yeah, uh, and going back and rewatching it a ton, it starts to 
you know, you, you see that stuff more and more. Mm-hmm. But I feel like what's more important is the message that it's trying to get across, which I is agree, that yeah. uh, in the future, humans get their shit together and treat each other with respect, love each other, don't judge each other by the color of their skin or their gender. Yeah. And I think that message is very clear throughout the show, even when they have some missteps. Yeah, I, I think that absolutely i think that their their goals their intentions are really beautiful and i obviously they fumble the ball sometimes and yeah and and that's okay oh yeah i i think that at the end of the day it's the constant striving forward towards creating things that are inclusive um that are thoughtful that are meaningful you know and i do think that star trek in general tries to do that um and then TNG specifically, I just, I will say, I'm sure I am slightly influenced by your love for the show. I've started it by myself because I did want to build my own relationship with it. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to like it just because you liked it, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and I didn't want to commit to watching it until I knew that I liked it independently of you. But... When someone you care about so much loves something so much and you hear them talk about it all the time and why they love it, and, and you're a pretty convincing <laughs> voice, you know, I, I would be lying if I said that wasn't a piece of the puzzle for me. Yeah. Um, but I definitely, independent of you, really enjoy the show. And and in the past few weeks, I've had cravings to watch the show and have felt it be very comforting and enjoy. Like, we were talking about, like, there's nothing better to watch on a Saturday morning than an episode of Next Generation. Oh, it's the best morning show in the world. And you're eating your breakfast and you're yeah. sitting there and it's just, I don't know, it's that great combination of, like, when you're done watching an episode of that, you're just like, yeah, I'm going to go do something. Yeah, it, it like... It revs your mind up yeah. in a really nice way. Totally. I've been watching that in the morning ever since I graduated college and had the had days where I could get up and yeah. sometimes not have to work right away and yeah. um have time to make breakfast and watch something. If I ever since then that's been probably my favorite thing to watch in the morning. Okay, I'm about to say something that's going to sound really weird. <laughs> that's a surprise. But I know. Someone like me. Okay, so just try to go with me here. I feel like Next Generation is the type of show that is like yoga as opposed to the type <laughs> of show that's like um like a body weight lift weighting weightlifting or yeah. uh cardio workout. Yeah. Like at the end I of a cardio you. workout, you know it was good for you, you but you feel drained. You feel tired, yeah. your muscles hurt. At the end of a yoga class, you're like invigorated. Yeah. You know? And I think like that that's the difference like i don't get a next generation hangover right after i watch the show like we're gonna talk about outlander yeah <laughs> and um so that's gonna be where is that gonna be jesse on the the patron cast that's right okay yeah. thank you i was trying to remember on the patron cast <laughs> and uh, you know one of those things you put out there yeah and uh anyway and that was a that was a hangover show. That was a oh, freaking yeah. marathon. You oh, know? my God. Like, we'll talk about that. But, yeah. oh. um, but Next yeah. Generation, you just like, bam, you digest that. You're ready to go on to the next yeah. thing. It's so awesome. And and to quickly talk about the final episode or the yeah. two-parter specifically. All good things. You So you have been talking to me about that episode for a long time because <laughs> I, I think at some point we asked, like, we asked each other what our favorite episode of TV was or it's definitely been mentioned as like one of your absolute favorite episodes of television ever yeah and so i had already pretty high expectations for the episode 
And honestly, it was not what I was expecting. What were you expecting? I think I was expecting more to happen um, with the cast. Like, you know, Beverly gets a new job on a next... Oh, yeah. You know, that yeah, it was yeah, yeah. Gonna, like, wrap Turning up. the page of the story. Yes, exactly. Yeah, that doesn't happen at all. No, and and I, I'm so glad yeah. that it doesn't. Because cause I was thinking, well, he loves these characters. He loves these people. If the show does an incredible job of wrapping up or continuing their stories into whatever the next imagined life is for all these characters like that's something he'll really enjoy Mm. and if they did a good job of that that's actually hard to do without feeling sappy or Mm -hmm. feeling tie a bow on it which i know you wouldn't like that so i was thinking oh maybe they handled that in a really interesting way yeah but no they actually addressed kind of i think the thesis of the show like the main question that it's trying to explore yes totally. i think that that's way more interesting than just tying up the storyline yeah and i agree so I kind of loved that and I and I think that it the fact that it explored humanity, right? That yeah. that even though this this show is about exploring beyond humanity, that humanity is just a small piece of what life could include it could include in the sure. galaxy in the universe. Sure, sure. Um that this show then that that yeah that it's like humans this whole time going out and and in a lot of ways on earth now this is the way people are in terms of conquering and and discovering and right and the the point of the show with the prime directive is to not be that type of person that goes i'm right i'm going to impose my beliefs as a human like humanity is the highest form of existence mm-hmm. so on and so forth like i think star trek the point of Star Trek is that that it's not that if that if we see ourselves as small and in, in, insignificant or or equal to whatever other life forms there would be, and that would I think be also you could extrapolate that to a smaller version of like as humans amongst each other, none of us are more important culturally right. than anybody else or in terms of our beliefs. So, but on that higher scale, like then to have an episode that explores actually how small humanity is, like that there is always something to be reaching for and that we are flawed and we could end ourselves in a second. And that Q is basically saying to Picard, like you have just begun. You think you are these amazing explorers Uh that have, that have discovered so much. You have just begun to understand what it is to explore the true possibilities of existence. Yes, totally. And I just love that. Yeah. Yeah, it's such an interesting episode because it's um, it almost doesn't make sense what the episode is trying to do yeah. until really close to the end. Yeah. When you get to understand that like the show is examining its its own existence. Yeah. Uh through this story, yeah, across three different timelines of the main cast. Yeah. Um and I just think it's perfect. I think it's the best final episode of any show that I've that I've loved. Yeah. Like when you get to a final episode of something, there's so much writing on that. Ugh, yeah. And there's like examples like um, Lost and Dexter, where yeah. it just kind of spoils the whole experience of the show. Yeah. Where it's like, oh man, why did I watch this show? Mm. The, the, this show had nothing to say. Right. Whereas the Next Generation last episode is like, go back and watch this whole series again <laughs> and think about what we're learning about humanity as you do it. Absolutely. And how humanity, the trial never ended. Yeah. But between Q and humanity, that 
was set up in the first episode. It's it's so it's so wonderful. Uh, and of course, like I I have all this nostalgia for TNG. It was my favorite show as a kid. Sure. Remains my favorite show. Oh yeah. So I love that episode on this whole other level. Yeah. That makes it my favorite thing but that's how human beings work you know it's not this isn't like me saying critically it's the best piece of television ever this is me saying it's my favorite because yeah. uh, or at least one of my absolute favorite episodes yeah um i mean i you know if you ask me like what's your favorite episode that's definitely something that i'm going to come up with i would also probably say only paper moon from deep space nine which is a brilliant episode of tv i don't know if i've seen that you one. haven't seen that one okay. it's it's so good um yeah who okay i want to ask you some questions about the show okay who is your favorite character? Data. Data. Why? Yeah. Because, <laughs> well, there's a number of reasons. Um, because Data is is this truly innocent but wise source of humor, like brilliance understanding and and in and in himself he is exploring humanity like he is yeah. kind of the thesis of the show in a lot of ways too yeah and um and as an actor i really appreciate the nuances of of how clear and colorful he is as a character mm-hmm. like um what's the actor's name brent spiner brent spiner does an incredible job of playing that role and yeah and I just, I have a soft spot for an android. I Oh, me too. I just do. And I think he's so fascinating. And actually, from the very first episode, I was, or the, fir- or the first few episodes, I was really interested in him. Mm-hmm. Like, he was the first character to grab my attention. And, um, yeah, I think he's absolutely my favorite. Yeah, and you love Sherlock Holmes. Well, okay, and also Guinan. Oh my God, Guinan's amazing. No question. Yeah. I wish she was on the final episode. That would be yeah. my one she's, complaint. She's in the the movie. Oh, she well, is. Well, they make four movies, and well, that's got to be um, our next project. Yeah, she has a a, a role, uh, you know, a more pivotal role in the first movie. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I'm so excited for you to see the movies. Yeah, and I actually too. I I caught up with Jeff recently, who was my original Star Trek. My original Star Trek space nerd before yeah. it was even called Space Nerds. Yeah. Um, and they haven't watched the movies yet. So Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, we should we should get in touch and maybe the three Absolutely. of us can, can go through that. Because yeah. Jeff and I always intended to finish the show and get into the movies and then um it just didn't happen for one reason or another. Yeah. But it's Oh, still, that's great. We can all can. watch them together. Yeah. Well, separately that. and then talk about it together. Right, right. right. <laughs> yes. Um Yeah. But yeah, so you're a big Sherlock Holmes nerd. So yes. Data loving Sherlock Holmes, I'm sure, was something you oh, enjoyed. I did. Anytime that um, holodeck program came into the show, I was so thrilled. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. I mean, there's there's a lot of reasons why I love him. I love sure. I love Spot. <laughs> like yeah. him as a pet owner is hilarious. His his uh, musical side, his his interest his interest in theater and the dramatic is really, like his just his fascination with humanity. I mean, he's just so funny. Yeah. And but he's also so sometimes the things he says are so poignant because they are so simple. They are unbiased. They are a statement of fact. Um mm. I yeah I love I love him as a character. Who's your favorite? Ooh, uh, that is tough. Yeah. Um, 
shit. Oof. <laughs> I mean, for a long time it was Jordy. Yeah. I love Jordy. I love I do love machines. I love like creating art with machines. Like yeah. using a synthesizer yeah. to make music mm-hmm. is kind of how Jordy treats those engines. Yeah. And I love that. Yeah. Like Jordy makes the ship feel real. Yeah. In a way that no other characters do. Totally. Of course, I love Data. I love Picard. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, Counselor Troy. I love and her. I was just going to say that the more I watch Next Generation, the more I appreciate Troy. Yeah. I've always liked Troy. Yeah. But now I really love Troy. And and now she's like really high up there in my favorite character list. Like, there's something about her that's just really wonderful. I know. Well, I... This going to sound... I know she's so wonderful. I really relate to her. <laughs> yeah. Well, you have a Troyness no, about but I you. Do, I do. We dressed feel... as Riker and Troy last Halloween. We did. We which did. really, really did it for me. Let me tell you. <laughs> that's that's my jam. Put on a high pony and too much makeup, and you've got Jesse that's in your it. pocket. <laughs> well, you put on a Star Trek communicator badge. Yeah, and yeah, I'm that in. right. That's the final touch. Yeah, I think I posted a picture on our Instagram. If anyone wants to see. Well, on your Instagram. That's what I said. Well, we you said our Instagram. I think I said my Instagram. Well, Go back matter. and listen to the We channel. can. It was recorded. <laughs> uh, I meant my Instagram, no matter what I said. But I want, but it because I just want to clarify, we're not one of those couples that has no a communal Instagram. There's no our Instagram. No, 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 no. no. Um, <laughs> I mean, we should judgment. start an Instagram where we just dress as Riker and Troy and go about our <laughs> daily business. Um, are there episodes that stand? Well, okay, but to finish that up, I don't know if I can pick one favorite character. I mean, Picard is yeah. hard to beat. Like, sure, as my I I have favorites for different reasons. Like, Picard yeah. is my favorite role model of mm. really any character on TV. Mm. Just the way that he carries himself. My favorite leadership role model for yeah. sure. I think Jordy is is the coolest. Um, <laughs> yeah. I think Data is the most interesting. Mm-hmm. I think Troy is um, is the warmest. Yeah. I think Worf has this incredible spirit that I really relate to. Mm-hmm. Crusher is just like awesome. She's just like so capable. Yeah. And I love that about her. Yeah. Um, Guinan is so wise and wonderful and and you know not necessarily a main character but whenever she's there just owns it totally Riker was never really my favorite but like um but I love him so much more now than I ever did in the past Hmm. I think after seeing Star Trek Picard I was like I love Riker so much and like seeing him be so Rikery and as an old man I was like this is fucking awesome I love Riker you know um (laughs) Wesley is the only main character that I didn't really ever mm. um, feel too much attachment to. I yeah. really liked him in the in the first season, um, but the more the more he's kind of integrated into the crew, the less I enjoy his character because sure. I liked having this sort of outsider's perspective. Yeah, and and this kid on board, and I love that he's like this whiz kid genius who's going to learn how to you know, play space and time as if they were a musical instrument. Like, I love that. Yeah. But the way that that storyline is paid off is not my favorite. And, yeah. um, I, and something about the performance as Wesley gets older, mm. um, there's like moments where he's too sincere in mm-hmm. a way that makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I love Wesley yeah. still, you know, yeah, I, yeah. I still, and I think Will Wheaton is fantastic and I love yeah. him as the host of, of the ready room. Yeah. Uh, I think yeah. it, like, 
Well, he loves the show so much. Yeah. He loves that, Star Trek. We we actually talked about the Ready Room a little bit in the next Star Trek club that hasn't come out yet. Right. But it's going to get... Most of that's going to be cut, if not all of that, it's going to be cut into a, a patron cast episode because we went on this long tangent at the beginning of Discovery <laughs> about Picard. Yeah. We kind of like returned to Picard and talked about it for a while. But anyway, um, t- we talked a little bit about After Trek, or not After Trek, uh, The Ready Room. I finally dived into it a little bit and yeah. I actually liked it a lot. Yeah. I was kind of waiting until I finished watching Picard to get into it. Right. And seeing him react to Picard is is really yeah. precious yeah, and I really yeah, like that. Totally. And I, I think Will Wheaton is such a wonderful advocate for fans fan culture, for fandom in general, mm-hmm. and for, you know, mental health and all this stuff. He's just a wonderful guy. But Yeah, yeah. But not, you know, not my favorite character. Um sure. but like all the rest of the main cast feels yeah. like my favorite character yeah, yeah. in a clump. Yeah. Um, it's also it's just such a good cast. It like the the what you said at first, like you have to care about the characters. Yeah. I like that's why this is my favorite show is that I care about all of the characters pretty equally. Sure. Uh and I feel like they're all so fleshed out, so wonderful, so well acted. You can just t- sense this palpable love between the actors themselves yeah. that infects the character relationships. Yep. It's just magic. Oh, that reminds me. Something I loved is that we got to see like Star Trek TNG past present and future like mm-hmm. they include that in the final episode and that's mm-hmm. brilliant and but they yeah. use it in a way that makes sense to tell a greater story yeah and i love that they also found a way um to get tosh tasha tasha back in there yeah and i love tasha too but she was around she wasn't around long enough to really yeah, get into no, my no, pantheon I agree, of favorite but characters it, but it's cool that they like kind of yeah. They they were able to weave her back in. I love Ensign Rowe. I yeah. love Chief O'Brien. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Are there episodes that stand out to you as favorites across the seven seasons? I know that's a tough question. <sighs> yeah, I really, I do feel like I'm going to have to go back through yeah. and rewatch. Um, Beverly fucks a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> that was my last question was what did you think of the one where Beverly fucks a ghost? <laughs> That's my favorite. That, no, no, no. What did you think of that episode? Oh, God. I mean, okay. What do I think of that episode? I think it's a fucking weird episode, but I love that it was, the show was like, like let's try this. <laughs> let's, let's try this supernatural, which weird. What if Beverly fucked I just, ghost. that has been fucking the women That's in her it. family for generations. Yeah, what if she fucked the same ghost that her mother and her grandmother and, and her mother yeah, have been fucking for generations? I know. I that feel, sounds like a good story idea. It's so bad. But, you know, the truth is, as I got further and further into the show, the bad episodes became so much less frequent that that you when they showed up you kind of were like oh yay they still screw up sometimes yeah. and it's kind of like cute and you know yeah. it's, it's like i don't know it didn't bug me as much that's interesting i hate that episode oh that's yeah my, that's the worst one in my opinion really but that reminds me that there are some real stinkers in every season oh yeah like like this show it's like hits and misses and the misses are so bad Ugh. and i don't know why yeah they don't bother me more than they do because they should but they yeah. don't because maybe it's maybe that's it's the spirit of like taking the swing because that also, i appreciate it they're they're misses so often they're misses in the way of what the fuck yeah as opposed to like oh that 
I don't like that. Yeah. You know, it's more yeah, yeah, just yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. what? It's like, well, whose idea was that? <laughs> and I have to say again, another reason why I love that formula for them of the of the um, episodic is that because if you go way off the rails in one episode, you don't have to tie it in to the next part of the story. Right. You know, and I think they that in that format, you give yourself wiggle room to explore and make bigger swings and miss and have it be okay because that's what's hard for me about Discovery, actually, really, to tie that back in. Like, what's hard for me about this Discovery is because of the way it's formulated, they take some really big, huge swings and miss <laughs> and then have to keep following yeah. through on them, you and know? And then they, have, they double down on yeah, it exactly. for the rest of the season. Exactly. Like, fuck. Yeah, so, right. you know. It's like, Beverly fucked a ghost once and we never saw that ghost again. Yeah, we didn't have that to, That ghost like... did not live in a locket in her quarters for the rest of the series. <laughs> exactly. I think. I'm not sure. <laughs> well, instead of favorite episodes, are there, can yeah. you think of, like, moments? What moments stick out to you? Oh, man. Um, for some reason... One of the big moments that sticks out to me is um, when Data dreams. Yeah. And the depiction of his dreams. The one where it was good dreams or the one where it was bad dreams, where he stabs the Troy cake? Oh, uh, good dreams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Although the bad dreams one is yes, definitely distinct. Yeah. But I don't know. There was something about that. They captured dreaming so well. And then, mm. I don't know, just visually it stands out to me. I, and it, I, again, it has, my, I mean, it's heroing my favorite character. Um, oh, the, I mean, yeah, I would say the trial also that he, of uh, questioning his... Oh, yeah, what, measure of a man. Yeah, I yeah. think that that... Questioning data sentience. Yep. Um, I mean, this is hard. I should have done my, my homework. Because the other thing is I did watch watch it really spread out. Yeah, it took you a couple of years to yeah. get through it. Um, and there's so, no right or wrong answers. I'm just curious, yeah. like, what... I'm curious what's stuck in your brain after one viewing. Yeah. Like, um, wh- like what, what like, rises to the top of your memory is kind of... Not not necessarily even that it's your favorite or least favorite, but, like, yeah. what, what kind of stuck? Well, and I think also, unfortunately, a lot of them is just what was most recent... Sure. Love me. Why ah! don't you love me? Oh my God. Yes. I was so stoked that you finally saw that because I've been saying that nonstop. Amazing. Every oh. time we like, every time we get in, you know, we're talking and Andy says something, I'm like, why don't you love me? It's so funny. <laughs> I called that one too as soon as Oh I yeah. Saw it. The moment it started, she's like, that's, like, that that's that other guy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I also, for some reason, from the very first season, uh, I'm, I, <sighs> The, the episode that stands out in my head is the one where they're on that planet where everyone's wearing pastels and everyone's having sex <laughs> and are like in weird long yeah, clothes. Yeah, 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 of course. Uh, that's the Edo surreal. classic. Yeah. Where yeah. Wesley gets arrested for trampling flowers. But yeah. but there's like great sci-fi in that episode with this, this protector alien that they worship as a god. Like that's uh-huh. fascinating. Sure, sure. Yes, yes. Um, I mean, oh gosh. It, yeah, anything involving Q. Yeah. The uh, one where Guinan stabs Q in the hand with a fork. Oh, I don't remember that. When Q was human for a day. Oh, gosh. See, I don't remember that. Ooh, Never mind. Gotta rewatch that one. I do. I That's also think one. there's a few that I've missed. Yeah, we weren't 100% sure because we're switching back between different Netflix accounts. And, yeah. Um, every once in a while, I'd join her and I'd be like, no, I don't want to watch that episode. <laughs> Let's watch the next one because it's better. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um. I I know as soon as we stop recording, I'm going to come up with a million other things that stood out. Um, But, 
yeah, I just, it's so good. It was so good. Yeah. It's, it's interesting because you have become a bit of a space nerd from dating me. (laughs) Like it's infectious. I, a lot of my friends have watched Next Generation and a lot of my friends have bought Nintendo Switches. That's true. And I feel like I have a, a, a hand in those things. Yeah, that's your legacy. Yeah, I'm okay with that. <laughs> Sci-fi and switches. Yeah. Double S. Well, let's talk a little bit about Outlander. Let's let's switch over to the patron cast and talk about Outlander. Okay. Because um, what, what an experience watching the first season of that. Yeah. It started so wonderful and got so disturbing. Like, beyond disturbed. I, I haven't been this disturbed by television in a long time. I don't but, think I've ever been this disturbed by anything. Yeah, well, let's get into that. And then uh, that'll be on the patron cast. Yep. At patreon.com slash space nerds podcast. There's a link in the description of the podcast. And then for the rest of our listeners, we're going to move on into Star Wars Club. Jenny B and Doug will be joining us. We're going to talk about season one of Rebels and a lot of the casting news that's going around for season two of The Mandalorian uh, and, you know, what's coming up with Disney Plus. So it's going to be a good time. Woo! Andy, thank you for joining us for the space news, and thank you so much for your TNG review. That was awesome. You bet. Anytime. All right, it's time for Star Wars Club. Welcome to the Space Nerds Star Wars Club. Hooray! We are doing this remotely today. That's the wrong music. (laughs) There we go. Uh, Let's just have it. This Doug Space Nine coming out. All right. So we are here remotely with B. Russell. Hello, B. Hello. Hi. Uh, Jenny Krantz. Hi. And Douglas Gale. I don't know I'm waving. It's Hello. Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no one can hear you wave. I can see it. It's very exciting. Man, how's everyone hanging in there out in the world in our various self-quarantined locations? Mm. <laughs> it's all right. It's weird. Yeah. Yeah, it is weird. Yeah. Life weird. Surviving. Yeah. One moment at a time. Yeah, it's been yeah. crazy. It's like really starting to sink in that we're all just kind of stuck at home and what do you do with yourself? The I answer mean, is yeah. podcast. <laughs> yeah. I don't mind it that much. I mean, I've, I've been like self-isolating for the last two years. Like, yeah. I'm training for this. Moment, yeah. So, like, I, I, I love being out. <laughs> Uh, I just have to get myself not to check Facebook so much. That's the only thing. I go in like the Facebook rabbit hole and yeah, I sure. get out of some more Star Wars, less Facebook. Is yes. What I need. We, we've yeah. started. Don't touch your Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> we've started avoiding Facebook after like 8 p.m. No more news checking. Just kind of yeah. shut it all off and watch Chopped and go to sleep. <laughs> yeah. So that's actually really good. That's a lot of wisdom, you know, to yeah. know yourself well enough to know when it when's a good time to not ingest the media anymore. Yeah. yeah. There's too much, it's all bad. Nothing good is happening. So turn it no. off. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird my my friend at the place where I'm staying, she's got like regular TV. So there's been a DC comics uh, marathon on TNT. Nice. So that's been my whole like I've been 
I've never really watched the DC, so I'm watching the. I couldn't get through Batman versus Superman yeah. um, Justice League moment. So that's that's what I've been doing. I've been trying to trying to give DC a chance. Arrowverse yeah. is better than their their cinematic universe. Yes, that's yeah. the perfect thing about Arrowverse. Because yeah, this is like it just these movies like even Justice League. There are parts I liked of it, but they all just mm-hmm. seem like Marvel's, you know shitty little cousin or something or I don't they're know. not fun they're just like yeah yeah they're, yeah, they're, they're real dour they're they're not fun yeah. but the, the i like them but i like arrowverse better yeah arrowverse I is a lot of fun that seems to be the unanimous one to is arrowverse is, is a good place to it gets start. bananas it's a lot i mean now's the best time to get caught up on however many hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of episodes there are yeah but there are so many it's so worth it once you get into like i guess it would be like year three or four it really i mean i i like it now in retrospect from the beginning but it really gets it really gets into its own at about three four years in yeah doug and i have been watching well i'm watching it for the first time and doug is re-watching and we've been recording podcasts as we go and oh, it's nice. been a lot of fun like it's it's not like the best TV in the world, but it's like consistently at least fairly entertaining to like it's really, C- really good. It like it can get like really good. I mean, there's some great right. shit in there. Um, it's everything yeah. that's good and bad about CW shows. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It's adults mm-hmm. going through really dumb high school drama that is always easily solved by just being honest with people. Right. That's, that's no fun, so you do this other stuff instead. And on top of it, you have superpowers and time travel. And yeah. it's so it's just Dawson's Creek meets meets uh, comic books thing. yes yeah it's great <laughs> exactly yeah exactly. it's a really good description yeah and I, I like grew out of uh, Smallville so if you ever watched I mean I love Smallville oh yeah I remember so, I did too oh, I, I was a diehard Smallville oh you yes, were I, yes yeah absolutely and I just I fell in love with Tom Welling so I had to keep watching it <laughs> yeah. it's like Smallville but, exploded out you know yeah totally yeah <laughs> it's like the the kind of style and tone of Smallville is where they picked up when they started the Arrowverse, and it's it's great. I, I'm really enjoying it. I'm almost done with uh, Doug and our what what year are we on? Year six. That sounds right. <laughs> I'm almost done with Supergirl because like you kind of in the in the watch order that we're doing, you like oh, stop oh, the other shows and finish Supergirl. So I'm all, oh, that's where I did, I'm at. I did love. I mean, Wonder Woman is amazing. Wonder Woman's pretty yeah. much the only movie. I've enjoyed so I want to I know Supergirl the different character but yeah. I would try that one yeah it's it's good I just started Black Lightning and I'm loving it so far it's oh, really yeah see I started Black Lightning but it was just so violent like there was yeah. points where I was just don't know if I can watch this much violence uh, yeah. yeah I'm not, I'm not just, I couldn't I'm, get through Game of Thrones because of that the, 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 yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah Black Lightning is less violent than, than Game of Thrones yeah. it is more violent than the other <clears throat> Arrowverse shows but like like Arrow is probably after right after Black Lightning because I mean the dude's superpower is being rich and shooting people with an arrow right. so yeah, yeah. he's Hawkeye but for yeah, exactly. Yeah, Hawkeye had money. Like Legolas, Hawkeye. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And if if Hawkeye was always brooding, just always. That's Hawkeye's pretty brooding. In yeah, Netflix. he's definitely broodier now than he used to be. Yeah, but like we said before, on our when we talk about it, is that they basically made 
Arrow Batman because they couldn't yeah. do Batman. So they're like, well, let's just make Arrow. Let's just make Green Arrow Batman. Yeah, and that's fine. <laughs> yeah, totally. No, it's like it's they fine. couldn't make a Batman show, so they just made a Batman show anyway with a different <laughs> character. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, let's talk like about Star Wars. Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> this is Star yeah. Wars? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So yeah. we are going to talk about season one of Rebels, which we've all now watched. But yes. before we do... There has been some crazy news in the last month that I wanted to talk to you guys about. Um, so let's jump into that first, because it's been announced that Ahsoka Tano is going to be in The Mandalorian Season 2, played by Rosario Dawson. Ah, yeah, that's if amazing. It's, if it's <laughs> that's true, so... that's great. It's true. It's already been shot. It is true. Oh, it has yeah, been? Okay, because for... when I first read yeah, it, it was like leak news, not like yeah. release news. Yeah, it's officially yeah. announced. Like, okay, I've, awesome. I've heard that it's already been shot and they're in post production already. Good. Yeah. So how do we how do we feel her. about this? She's great. I'm I'm really excited. Yeah. Uh, I don't even know I don't even know what else to say, but I just <laughs> think that um, I'm really glad that someone who has so much um, that, that the fan base loves so much is going to be in live action finally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because um, we. Got, we got her voice at the end of, um, you know, this last movie in the montage of all the different Jedi voices that right. spoke to Rey in nine, and and then of course she's kind of getting we're getting the tail end of her Clone Wars story now with the new uh, Clone Wars episodes on Disney Plus, um, and then of course there's the novel too, which I've read. Um, so I just think it's really cool that we're gonna kind of get all the pieces get more pieces to this character's story because it's such it's been released to us in such a strange order mm-hmm. kind of her peaking up different uh, parts of the franchise in the graphic novels and clone wars you know her voice and then rebels as well <laughs> it's a great <laughs> reveal at the end of rebels <laughs> yeah it's so good i love I'm that excited. yeah so i don't know so, much about that character so, i just heard about her from you know that she's kind of a big deal but i haven't seen a whole lot of her yet in the movies that I've watched, so I'm excited. Yeah. This is why I really wanted to watch the Clone Wars cartoon before Rebels, without knowing that uh, Ahsoka was going to be in Rebels, but just on the off chance that there was any, you know, direct connection between the two series. Uh, so that I was glad I did that, because that made it really satisfying. It was very worthwhile. Did You watched all of the Clone Wars in the last month? Uh, this is the first six seasons. Wow. That's impressive. You did. You passed me. Okay. <laughs> How was that? How did that go? <laughs> That's a guy. I had, for some reason, been under the impression that some people sort of liked the cartoon Clone Wars, the the guy that did Samurai Jack and yeah, whatnot. yeah, I love those. Uh, yeah, and that and that that some people liked that, some people didn't, but that the cartoon movie was terrible yes and then uh, the, uh, the computer animated movie yeah. and then the series that followed it was like so so but not worth it but i think that's fucking wrong i think the cartoon <laughs> one is okay it's like okay it's stylistic <laughs> but there's it is basically stylistic. nothing happens it's just it's just all flash and no substance and which makes sense because they're like three minute cartoons like what fucking story are you going to tell in that kind of time. So it's just like Jedi's jumping around like maniacs sorting things. And then the movie with the first movie is like, Oh, 
this is actually kind of interesting. It's it's kidsy, you know, and Zero is very flamboyant as a <laughs> as like a evil fey gay Jabba. Uh, <laughs> but the series afterwards is so i mean it's confounding at times and and really fascinating it's so interesting cool i i loved it. I it the one of and i read that one of one of my favorite uh stories in clone wars like in season five or something i looked up i was like i love this i want to see who wrote it and it was one of george lucas's adopted daughters really? and then i looked at what else she wrote I was like damn she wrote like a lot of my favorite stories in clone wars it was crazy oh, yeah i didn't know that no i want i want to know what was your favorite what was the one you looked oh the, the when, when they do the order 66 backstory of like oh, i haven't seen where that. they 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 almost basically catch the whole plot except right. you know systemic incompetence prevents them and also you know the chancellor is the bad guy spoiler alert uh, <laughs> but they're like it's so because it's so beautiful and frustrating because knowing how it all ends you're like ah they're not gonna figure it out but they're trying so hard <laughs> huh what but season was, was that in probably five okay yeah yeah i tried to pick clone wars back up and i got i'm in the beginning of season four now and there's this like three or four part episode where they're it's like the water war where they're underwater oh and- yeah with lee charles <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. Charlie Tuna of the Sea. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And this like angry, <laughs> angry shark guy. And it's, I just, I'm not into it. I just, uh, it's just yeah, dragging so, for me. I thought that one, like that underwater one was decent. It's, but it is, it's like that one, it leans a little towards like kidsy in a way uh, where yeah. it's like, oh, look, this young prince needs to find his own to become the king. But yeah, I yeah. I, overall, I just I was I was blown away. I was surprised that I liked it that much, as much as I did. Well, that's awesome. except for like the Jar Jar stuff. I was like, oh, you could have fixed Jar Jar, but you just doubled down on Jar Jar. Fine, fine. <laughs> Jar Jar's in Jar Jar's in the Clone Wars. Yeah, Is he, like yeah. a character or just yeah. The only, he's, there's he he features in several episodes, including like three part arcs. And it's very fascinating because the one thing they do is they make everyone around him basically roll their eyes and worry whether or not he's going to fuck things up really badly. (laughs) (laughs) And spoiler alert, he does. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I I want... Sorry to go on a real long tangent Oh, no, it's good. I've been curious to hear about that. I want to get through that show eventually. And like I said last time, you know, like Mm -hmm. I started it years ago and then kind of fell off and came back to it recently and now i'm like starting to fall off again but i think what i need to do is just plow ahead in rebels because i love rebels and mm-hmm. it's like really holding my attention in a way that clone wars isn't yeah i mean i think rebels has the advantage of having new characters and and the the future being mostly unwritten as far as we know for the characters yeah where that's mm-hmm. one of the things at its best clone wars does where they're like yeah, you know, uh, I was going to say Luke Skywalker. Uh, Darth Skywalker is never in any real danger. Obi-Wan is never in any real danger. Sure. And not just in a way because it's like a Disney show or whatever, but because, like, they have to yeah, live to know. be in the third movie. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. but, but at its best, like George Lucas's daughter, you can tell an interesting story where you basically already know that they kind of lose in, in, in the way that it, it pans out, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm, I think I'll get there eventually. Well, okay, there's two other pieces of Star Wars news that I wanted to get your guys' reactions on before we get into Rebels deeper. One is that another casting announcement for Mandalorian Season 2 is that Michael Bean, who played Kyle Reese in The Terminator, <laughs> is going to be in The Mandalorian Season 2. Oh, wow. As an undisclosed character. And I'm fucking wow. pumped. I love Michael Bean. Like, he's not in enough, in my opinion. Yeah, so I think that's him up. I'm embarrassed. Wait, who did you see? He said he was in Terminator? Yeah, he was Kyle Reese in Terminator, and then he was also in Aliens. But those are like mm-hmm. the only two things I can think of that I... Oh, wait, he was in Highlander, wasn't he? Oh, see, because no, I watched wait. most of Aliens with my eyes closed. Was, so I, I was he in Highlander? I don't remember now. No, that was uh, Lambert, Christopher Lambert. Ah. I mean, I think he might have been in a later Highlander. Yeah, I, I think mean, it's going to make for some really powerful scenes in season two if he's in, in it. Yeah. Because that's like, for me, that's sci-fi royalty a little bit. Mm, you know absolutely. what I mean? Like, absolutely. It's like, he knows what he's doing. So <laughs> I'm interested to see what he'll bring to that set. Because I feel like when they've cast so far has such great presence. Just like the story, the storytelling is good on its own, but the actors that they've picked, like they just, they know how to hold moments to where like, even though they're not super long, like you just feel every decision, you feel like every moment, what, what these characters are just giving us so much and I'm imbe- making us invest in their journey. So the dynamics of bringing, I mean, Rosario Dawson is not my yeah. game, like, what is going to happen? I like I cannot. Did it say which character or who he's going to be or just unknown character? Unknown character at this point. Yeah. Yeah. This this one, I was just because I was curious, like, what else has he been in? It says uh, guest star in season two. So probably not like a series regular. Right. And yeah, apparently also, Ahsoka is going to be in like a couple of episodes, maybe like one, maybe two episodes. Not not a series regular, but a guest star. Right. But maybe they'll do a spin-off and oh give God. her her own live-action series. Awesome. I might die. Yeah. <laughs> do we know the release date for The Mandalorian Season 2 yet? October? Yeah, I think oh, it's supposed October. to come out the October. end of this year. But Ooh. what I just heard is that they're having post-production issues because, like, they're scoring it and all that, but they can't get the musicians all together to record it so they're not sure like what they're gonna do as far as getting it out on time but i don't know i'm fingers crossed it'll still come out on time like that's the reason that everyone got disney plus and i'm sure that their subscription numbers tanked as soon as that ended so they got to get that out as soon as possible they got to do what cbs is doing and have like star wars content coming out all the time the way cbs is doing star trek content all the time now so like they probably will and they're also spreading it around not just Star Wars, right. but with, with the Marvel um, stuff. Marvel stuff. Yeah. So, which yeah. I'm pumped I think, about. I can't wait for. I'm pretty days. sure Disney's gonna be fine. Yeah, <laughs> uh-huh. I just don't understand. I feel like I've seen a bunch of uh, like viral videos of people recording music and singing together that they are able to do from their own homes. I yeah. feel like Disney Plus should be able to get shit together. Yeah, I think it's a quality issue. Like like this podcast, exactly, yeah, we're doing it, but it doesn't sound anywhere near as good as it usually does. 
<laughs> so yeah. I, I'm more just I just want it to come out so badly that yeah. I just want to figure it out. Yeah, my I understanding is that wait. it's slowing things down with yeah. post production for like uh, the discovery for Star Trek is yeah. running into the same thing, right. where like the special effects and all those kinds of things they can still do them remotely, but it's different than having like a team of people together working on it. So now you have disparate people working on them, you know, separate from each other. So it's yeah. just it, it can happen. It's just slower. Yeah. Yeah. And probably not as cohesive. Like you said, the quality, it just wouldn't, I just don't feel like it sounds the same when people are working separately as opposed to when you're all breathing together in the same room. You can yeah. feel things at the same time. Like there's a certain quality to just having all, all the same brains in one space. Right. You know, I've everybody been thinking about this. This is going to be kind of interesting. I know, like, daily podcasts I listen to, I was telling Jesse this, like, the quality has just obviously changed where now everyone professional podcasts are you know recording in their closets so yeah. the quality yeah. has changed and then all these like shows and movies and stuff that are going to have to make adjustments temporarily in terms of how they finish their products it's going to it's going to have sort of like a big asterisk on this uh, uh, culture created during this period of time like oh and this one stands out a little bit in this season because this was what was going on you know and it makes me think of the writer strike that I it happened just gonna say that yeah, yeah. how all the shows right. had like shortened seasons yeah and it yeah. killed like heroes heroes went right into the toilet without oh, I, oh yeah that. i was so oh i love that show yes. the first so season good. was so good yeah, the first I season was incredible season in they like, got superheroes oh, right on tv it was amazing yeah. as soon as they cut peter petrelli's hair that show was over <laughs> <laughs> do you remember in oh, season no. two when he like took his girlfriend yeah. to the future and left her there and then like Nope. Never picked her up again. It's just like <laughs> I only got through like two episodes of the second season. Oh. I just couldn't. Yeah. I watched do all it. of it. I got all the way through I the four too. seasons, and it yeah. was yeah. rough. It started to get better in season four, but I couldn't watch they the had... reboot. I tried, and I just couldn't do it. Wait, yeah. they had four yeah. seasons of, of yeah. Heroes? Yeah, yeah. Oh mm-hmm. my god, I remember that wrong. I thought it was they cut it off at two. I, I couldn't get through the first couple episodes. They might as well. First season. Yeah, <laughs> it got so bad because the original plan yeah. was to have a whole new cast in season two and like show new people gaining powers but season one was so popular and people loved the characters so much like okay well now we need to scramble and come up a story for all these characters right they just completely failed to do anything worth telling yeah and then three was when they did the heroes and villains right and where they basically it's a classic comic book thing you switch out people but you do it in a better way than basically make it seem like you've just shuffled the deck you know it's like, right. how many times can Mohinder Suresh change his alignment? You know? <laughs> yes! I was just going to say that. Like, oh. Mohinder is the perfect example of that. Yeah. Oh. And never trust yes. Zero Killer Spock. He's got a bad power. Although he uses it badly. He started to, like, Siler started to come around in season four, and I really liked that arc where he and Peter were kind of I did too. reconnecting. Well, I mean, connecting, I guess. They were never connected. Um, <laughs> But did anyone watch the reboot? They did like a a six episode I, something. I, think. I didn't know they did a reboot. I knew when they did one, but I didn't want to watch it. It was like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I didn't either. Like three or four years ago, I tried, and I was so bored. I didn't know. Yeah. 
Yeah, my my capacity to watch TV I'm not interested in has gotten so much lower than it used to be because there's just too much good shit to watch yeah. and too yes. much bad reality t- television that I'm addi- addicted to at this point. Sure. Yeah. I'll watch it eventually. I love superhero stuff. It's probably yeah. my favorite genre, so I have to watch it eventually. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I have one more piece of Star Wars news that we got to talk about. <laughs> Are we sure we can't make it about superheroes? I mean, we can, we're can. we going to keep trying, I think. This is our second foray into superhero talk. So, this is a rumor. This is not confirmed, but the rumor is that they are developing a Mara Jade TV show live action for Disney Plus. What? <laughs> no. Yeah. Oh, are you serious? Oh. Ah, I wish. What? I wish the listeners could see these faces that I'm seeing right now. <laughs> yes. What? How did I did not know about this? I was gonna say, how did I not? Yeah, this is a rumor. Um, oh my and- god! I have been waiting for so. <laughs> long yeah that would be amazing right i mean if this, it's done well it would be uh, so amazing i feel like what's uh, happening now is that like dave filoni is being given a lot of the reins and he's like yeah this is what star wars fans want because he's pretty in touch with that and <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah their faces i know their faces are amazing right now what we want um, <laughs> yeah but this oh is God, like I see it. this is like a whole developing mara jade tv show for disney plus yeah but this is a whole can of worms because in the original canon or in the original novels canon which is now legends canon mara jade was the hand of the emperor and then she's like a force sensitive person who was you know like the hand of the emperor like the hand of the king on game of thrones um and then after the emperor died she didn't know what to do with herself ends up coming across luke skywalker he turns her to the light side they fall in love and have kids and Mm -hmm. i mean that's like the general Arc she has of her like a brief, story. A brief stint as a smuggler helping Talon Karad, or I still don't know how to pronounce his name. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah, she's in like she's... comic books. Like she's in so much shit. And she's so an amazing much. character. I'm pretty yeah. sure Jenny has dressed as her at least once. <laughs> <laughs> that was fun. There was like only three people about at Comic Con recognized to it. Everyone thought I was Black Widow with the red wig and the. Yeah. I gotta get another go, but uh, uh, of course, I got really excited makes... when those three people recognized. Yeah. <laughs> well, then you made it way more confusing when you did dress as Black Widow. So. I know, and then yeah. just, I used the same wig. Yeah. Yeah. I was confused. I was like, "Oh, she's Mara Jade again." Um, yeah. So this is this is a whole thing where like the the new movie canon where Luke goes mm-hmm. off to Octo to live alone. Um, there's no mention in the new trilogy of Luke ever getting married and having children, so it seems right. like it didn't happen. Yeah, um, yeah. right. So what do I we would, what do we do with the Mara okay. Jade story? I would be okay though if they didn't, because I don't know. To me, like I kind of separate it, like because what I know her the most from is the Thrawn trilogy, which is my favorite. Again, I've just read it like three or four times. Yeah, and they don't really get into the romance at that point. So that's kind of mm-hmm. that core of her character is just this again this mysterious force sensitive you know was is behind the scenes throughout the original trilogy but now kind of lost and trying to figure herself out um yeah i mean there's a lot you could do with that without even bringing in her romance with luke skywalker also just real quick it says emily blunt might be playing her hmm. might be okay with her one i think i don't know yeah i mean it's I like i'll bet that that's just a guess I, they're like oh she has red hair right yeah <laughs> <laughs> or she'd look good in a red wig um yeah, I don't know. I mean, I I would really want there to be some connection between her and Luke. And I'm not saying that like this character has to have a romance with Luke Skywalker at all. I'm just saying that 
when that character was introduced to me in the Thrawn trilogy, I just remember them meeting and fighting and like this connection yeah. that they had. And like, that was so amazing. And I just, yeah, I, I just always remember that scene as like quintessential when I think about Mara Jade and yeah. how cool mm. would it be if they could recreate that somehow, either like de-aging Mark Hamill or casting Sebastian Stan in a wig. Cause he looks just like young Mark Hamill. Um, <laughs> like maybe Luke still like comes across Mara Jade and that. turns her to the light side. And then yeah. they don't necessarily have the romance. I just want those characters to like cross paths. Yeah. yeah oh yeah. Right. No, I agree with you there. I just, I just mean like, I think there's ways to do without it. Seeming, I don't know. I mean, I guess even if they did have the romance, I mean, you don't, I don't know. Just because they didn't go into that in the Force Awakens trilogy doesn't mean it didn't have to happen, I guess. Yeah. It's but, true. I mean, Luke is old. Yeah. You see him in seven? He's old. He yeah. lives a life. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of time around. We can see. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, so, they, maybe they got married and divorced before he went to Octo. Maybe, <laughs> maybe yeah. when yeah. Like, his students turned against him. She turned against him as well. <laughs> Maybe yeah. What was that sad later. noise? I either way, wah, that's wah. exciting. That that's <laughs> in the works. Yeah, I, I really want that. But I, that is a tricky one though, because I feel like ah, oh, like my expectations for her, like it would need to be like Mandalorian level of quality for yeah. that show, mm-hmm. or because uh, I feel like it would almost be really tough. I don't know. I don't even know if it's. If I that seems that like a huge risk, I too. I so worked up in my head of, like, how I picture her, but... Yeah. It is a I, huge I, risk. I just, mm, yeah. Is someone playing uh, sounds like Cracker Jacks over if there? Disney... Oh, yeah. <laughs> 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 like, what is that sound? Yeah. Um, I just feel like if, they, if that rumor t- ends up being true, like, for a character that is so well-known, like, that just seems like a... That seems like you said a can of worms, like a huge risk. Like I would mm-hmm. not want to pick sure. it up. Like yeah, yeah. There's just so much content. Yeah, there's already so much content for her. It's like, what are you going to do with that? It is a huge it risk says- because, like, she's she is so well known in, among the fan circles, but she's also like completely unknown to everyone else. Like yeah. she's never been it's in true. anything in the official canon yeah. at this point. It's true. Yeah. It's so true. yeah, it's an it's, it's all- an interesting choice. It says online that uh, Timothy Zahn still owns some rights to her as a character. So that could be a good sign if they're going to do it, that someone who perhaps is vested in this character showing up in, you know, a regular canon being done well, you know. And, I mean, basically at that point you have power if you own rights to the character. You can say no and then they... Like, just can't use her. Right. Well, right. I mean, there's precedent for this with um, Thrawn being in Rebels, which yeah, I still haven't I seen. But yeah. Oh, it's so good. Because <laughs> we, yeah, we, this is what I don't like about Disney Plus is I've already seen screenshots of, you know, stuff that's coming later yeah. on. It's like, oh. Yeah, okay. like the Rebels <laughs> image has Thrawn in it. I'm like, thanks. Sure. It does. Yeah, like, and you can see like old, old versions of clones in them in the other in like season two. Right, right. Is it a spoiler to ask what season he appears in, or should I wait and be surprised? Or I just kind of want to know when he's coming. Like how long do I have for Brace yourself. I don't know. If, I can't. I don't know if I remember. I know he's in three at least. Okay, but I can't remember if he gets introduced in two. Okay. Um, everyone's seen all of season one, right? Yes. Yes. Like you, we in, we they introduced Darth Vader at the end of season one. So he, oh, so it really is about um, him when it's what pursuing um, 
the rebels and that oh my god there's so much i want to talk about that y'all haven't seen yet right but that, yeah, that was one really... of the prevailing thoughts i had during uh clone wars was like oh, how how crazy is it that ahsoka worked with darth vader you know yeah mm-hmm. is anyone watching so, yeah. the new season of clone wars be you must be watching right season seven Mm -hmm. i have been watching it little by little it's interesting because i um i watched the clone wars originally so long so long ago that i've been kind of doing two things at the same time been re-watching some of the earlier uh, episodes because i can since it's on disney plus and then also watching the new uh, seven just because i want to refresh my memory of some of the things that have happened and it's been just such a long time Mm -hmm. um i think it's really interesting um the the way that it's going um i'm really interested to see how where they're going to end it like i it's it's a little aggravating to have to wait <laughs> every week to watch <laughs> oh. but um, oh they're really I, it episode by episode <laughs> what was yeah. that, door? That, that was me sorry <laughs> sorry <laughs> You in a haunted house over there? Yeah, where were you? Yeah. Doug has turned his camera off. I think he's like doing some sort of demonic ritual over there. <laughs> it's, I'm in the back of an abandoned bar. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, there's like the only thing that is keeping me wanting to watch Clone Wars for the most part is Ahsoka's story. Like, because when she popped up at the end of season one of Rebels, I was so stoked. I went back and started rewatching Clone Wars, and then I got stuck again. But I got well, a power. You will, it. you will be disappointed. Will I? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> in Ahsoka's story in Clone Wars. Oh yeah. Oh my God! Yeah, I'm sorry. I just like remembered what happened. Yeah. Because <laughs> I didn't realize this. I'm just watching Disney Plus. That's the totality of what I know. And then I'm like, whoa, season five. That's a fucking. That's a great ending. Then I watch season six, and I'm like. These are good episodes, but what the fuck are you doing with me, show? And then I go online and I look and I'm like, oh, season six was like a lost season that Netflix Mm -hmm. tacked on after it had been canceled. So I didn't have that big Mm. crash of knowing that five was a cancellation. I went into six Mm -hmm. all fired up for like, what's happening next? But yeah, it is... It is abrupt. Yeah. You're like, whoa, no. This is not together. Fair. It's just like, you could, you can definitely tell. It's like, oh yeah, this is when they got canceled. And this is when they added a couple more just to be like, well, there's a few lost episodes. Let's tack these on. Right, here's stuff and we then, started that we've got laying around. That's fine. Yeah. So it, the one thing that's kind of aggravating, even though I did like Clone Wars when I was watching it, is that things don't happen in order. Yeah. And it's it's like, uh, I think I was telling you last time, like, there's a Rodian senator that yeah. dies, and then, like, two episodes later, he's in the episode. I'm right. like, didn't he die? Yeah. Like, this episode was, like, a murder investigation about who killed him, and then he's just chilling in the next episode. It's like, right. did he fall into a Sarlacc pit? <laughs> he was digested for a thousand minutes, and then he was saved. <laughs> Yeah. When I was I was looking to see like okay where you know what should I watch when should I watch them and then I saw all of these Clone Wars in chronological order and I was like well that might be overkill because it was like okay these three episodes from season two then these in season one and I was like this jumps around a lot I was like I'll be fine and then I watched it I'm like oh okay now I see why they do this because <laughs> it is disconcerting you're like what is happening. 
when when is this happening? And I already, whenever I watch these kinds of like prequel Star Wars stuff, I'm always doing math. Like, how old is Han Solo right now? Right. <laughs> it's kind of so real. Yeah. It feels. It almost feels like Clone Wars is like a is like random diary entries of different characters. <laughs> yes. This is like, yes. This is, like if there's no chronological order, it's just like, and this day we we read a diary page from this clone's perspective, you know, from Echo or from Rex or you know, and what were Mason Jar Jar doing? <laughs> exactly, what were they doing? And then let's bring in Padme. What was her experience randomly? Like, oh, she went to this planet and met Clovis. Like that whole stupid, like, oh my god, like it's just it feels like okay, these are just random entries from different characters' perspectives, but. Hmm. Anyway, there's some really trippy episodes, too. Like, um, I can't remember. Maybe, Doug, you watched them recently. I haven't gotten to it yet. When they go, like, they get caught almost in, like, this Bermuda Triangle planet. Yes. Where they meet, like, these the ghosts. The father, the like, son, the daughter, that thing. Yes, yeah, that I one. Saw that. that was a trippy, trippy episode. That's crazy. Like, yeah, I like it. I had a yeah, spoiler alert because that was another one where I was like, this is insane. I have to look online to see what they say about it. And then I got a little oh. bit spoiled where I guess there's a, at least a reference to it in Rebels later on. At mm-hmm. some point in Rebels, there's like at least a mural that portrays the picture of the father and the son and the daughter. Huh. It is. It's in the se- in season four, and it's so good. <laughs> 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 it's like one of my favorite episodes. It is my favorite episode. Damn it. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, I'm not gonna lose my mind over that. Yeah. It, it does. It does come back. <laughs> All right. Well, let's let's get into rebels. Um, rebels. So. How do people feel about Rebels? Jenny, this was your first time watching Rebels, right? What do you think of it? Yeah. Uh, yeah, So it was kind of similar, like, the first couple episodes. I'm not going to lie. I just have a hard time a little bit, like, latching onto it. So I was kind of doing other stuff while watching in the background. Um, But, yeah, it really, it did... It, it started latching on. It started getting to me. I'm starting to love the characters. I love their dynamic. It's, it, it's like, kind of, like, cheesy... Kid, kid moments in there, but um, yeah, it's just tell me what to do. I'm gonna go do what I want to do, even if it's dangerous. Yeah. I will tell you what to do. I'm so glad you didn't listen to me. Now we're all saved. Rebels. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Yeah, I'm getting into it. I yeah, I'm excited to see, especially now towards the last couple episodes where the story is developing a little more depth, and again with like Darth Vader coming in, and I'm excited to learn more about Shokatano and. Yeah, I'm digging it. Yeah. I'm digging it. Full crumb. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Full crumb. Yeah. I had no idea. Mm. I did that. I did get uh, uh, caught by that one, which I was happy for. Yeah, yeah I, didn't ex- I didn't I didn't have any guesses as to who it was. Yeah. Yeah, when my, I first watched well it, I had wrong. no clue either. Yeah. yeah. I was I so pleasantly surprised. I was like, oh, that is not what I thought was going to happen, and I love it. It's better. I know I'm trying to remember who I thought. No, I think I thought that it was Leia. Yes, you did. Oh, yeah. yeah. That. yeah oh, that's right. B and I watched this, bo- the last episode right before we recorded last Oh, is that month. the one you were watching yeah. when I came up the other day? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so I just like found out it was Ahsoka like right before we recorded last time. Um, yeah, I mean, I loved season one. I, I was really surprised by it. And... When it started, I was like, oh, yeah, this is fine. I mean, this is, I like this a little better than Clone Wars. I like the art style a little better. It seems like they've kind of developed their CGI animation technology. But it's almost as, like they're painting over it. 
Yeah, that's what I really liked about it. Is like yes. when I started looking more into the details of it, I'm like, yeah, the, the backgrounds kind of look like these mosaic paintings and they're kind of pretty. And, yes. And they yeah. use all the original series music, which is really gratifying. Like, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I love all that old John Williams stuff so much. And then I love the characters. Like, Chopper is amazing. Yeah. Doug, what did you think of Chopper? <laughs> I like Chopper. For some reason, someone recently told me, oh, you're going to love Chopper. It was me. Oh, right? Well, I, that maybe made it worse for me because I was like, he's all right, but he's kind of an asshole for a robot. Yeah. And also what's what I what I do love about Chopper is he's got the highest kill count yeah. of any rebel-aligned robot that I've seen because the, the Separatists use robots to murder people all the time. Yeah. But R2-D2 only kills like three or four people during the Clone Wars, but Chopper is just on the guns blowing people away. Yeah. Chopper is a sadistic, yeah. like, psychopath of a robot. I like it. With a heart like, of gold. The yeah. arms, like, flying everywhere. Yeah. Yes. So expressive. So much yeah. attitude. Yeah. Starwood nails I, the droids. Like, there's not really a droid that I don't like. Yeah, yeah. right? Like, yeah. So like, much to say. He's yeah. old and grumpy. Yeah, yeah, I love Chopper. Like, Chopper came out and, like, did it. He's great. Yeah. What's the big uh, what guy's, what's the big guy's name? Zeb. 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 Mm. Yeah, so like, isn't no. he the so species the isn't he the species that Han Solo was originally gonna be in like the original script? I think oh. maybe Lasat, yeah. I think he like he, he looks be- like the original like the original there's a comic book out that is uh made of the original draft of Star Wars. There it is, Doug's Ooh. holding it right now, yeah. The Star Wars. And like Han Solo was this like green, like tall frog man that looks very similar to Zeb. I only read the first issue. Yeah, I read it. It was fine. It wasn't. It was nowhere near as good as. Oh yeah, there we go. There's we this, 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 that dude is probably who you're talking about. Hold it up higher. Really see it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. that's him. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, weird. Um, but for me, I like for Christmas, I was really enjoying. I was like, I was like moderately enjoying the show, but then when Zeb and Ezra started to get close as friends, mm-hmm. like I felt like I was being pulled into the crew and becoming yeah. friends with these people. And then I, I got like really into it and the whole rest of the season, I was like, man, I love this. And it's like the type of Star Wars that I want, which is, you know, the rebel rebels fighting against the Empire, like the pure classic Star Wars with this like ragtag group of of like people who you know don't have don't necessarily have military training they come from like different backgrounds and they're just coming together to fight this galactic evil and doing everything they can to stay out of harm's way and just you know stay one step ahead and it's it's great i just, it feels a lot like old star wars to me yeah there's a great chemistry between the characters and mm-hmm. um yeah zeb and ezra is one of my favorite kind of dynamics there yeah i love I, I couldn't get over it. When I first started watching it, I could not get over the fact that it was Freddie Prince Jr.'s voice. Yeah, I just learned that. Like, I just learned that like an hour ago as I was like Googling something. I had no idea the whole time. That's funny. Yeah, my brain was... The annoying like, thing about Disney Plus is that I always like to look to see who did the voices. And then when I'm watching it on my desktop, as soon as it gets to the voice credits is when it shrinks down to uh, be in the corner. Yeah. So yeah. you have to Super click it. Yeah. <laughs> I do the same thing. I'm like trying to pause it in time. So yes. Who did this? 
I want to know because I was blown away. That's why I mentioned Obi Wan. I may be wrong, and I will own that. But the voice, whoever does the voice of Obi Wan in the Clone Wars, is like perfect. It's exactly yeah. it's exactly Ewan McGregor's voice to the point where I was surprised to not see his name in the credits. Yeah. So yeah. I always like to look at the credits to see who's there and who's not there. Yeah. Oh yeah, because it's um, Yoda is in. Uh, Rebels. Yeah, yeah, that's Frank right. Oz, and that, though, right? And that is Frank Oz. Yeah. And in Clone Wars, if not, right? Oh, really? So in Clone Wars, not... someone else does his voice. No, mm-hmm. it's someone else. But I got so used to that voice hearing Frank Oz, I was like, that doesn't sound right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then there was Lando, and it actually was um, yes. Oh, I'm blanking yes. on his name. Billy D. Billy, Billy D. D. Williams. Billy D. Williams. Yeah. That episode was great too. I loved that Lando episode. Yes, me too. Yeah, I I recently today just to keep it fresh in my mind. I watched like the last five episodes of Rebels. Just had it playing. It's like, oh yeah, I remember all this. But and one of the ones I watched was the Orlando episode. It's just like for me, the, the the characters that they chose to bring back, I thought made it even more. It made me even more invested. Yeah, the fact that. that. They brought Lando and then some classic characters from Clone Wars. It was just like, okay, they know how to make this world all makes sense to me. Like, it's the same world. I'm totally on board with this. Like, they are running into the same people who are still in the game. Like, it just makes sense. It's fan service. Say that again? It's fan service at its best. Yeah. 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 Yeah, Yeah. I mean, you can tell how much Dave Filoni loves Star Wars. And it seems like he's been making these cartoons long enough that he's really got his like feet under him and he knows what he's doing. It feels like this show to me felt so much more deliberate than clone wars did where it's like, yeah. there's this arc to the story mm-hmm. and like, there's, you know, growth to the story. And it's like everything that I love about star Wars, you know, like the, a young force sensitive person in Ezra Bridger, like yeah. getting in touch with his force abilities, like uh, mm-hmm. an older, wiser Jedi trying to teach him, but he's got demons of his own. He survived Order 66. He seems to have uh, some sort of survivor's guilt around that. Um, yeah, it's just all its all great. But why are yeah. the lightsabers so thin? It drives me crazy. The <laughs> lightsabers are like so thin and pointy. They don't look like the right, yeah. the right shape. It's like, supposed to be a little like, stylized or something. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's, it's their fences. Yeah. So they're what? They're fencing sabers. Fencing. Oh yeah, they do look. Yeah, like yeah. Because the yeah. Inquisitor is not like a thin lightsaber. He's the guy who was like, "Oh, there's no rules for lightsabers. Then this is what mine does, and it's <laughs> great." He, he takes was, the General Grievous route and is like, "Fuck this shit." Yeah, <laughs> mine spins. Yeah, and it's double headed. Yeah. I was surprised actually yeah. that I wasn't like when I that episode when he starts like training him and showing him the ways and goes into like the cave for the test and stuff. I was like, I was surprised that I'm like, I'm not bored by this yet. Like it just, it feels, it's Star Wars. I'm like, oh good. They have this, this is, this is a part of it. This is, I like this Luke story and it was done well. I love that scene. It was probably my favorite scene when, uh, when he's training him to talk to the, the little nightmarish creatures. Um, and they all get really quiet and they're all sitting there with like, yeah. Oh no. Uh, on what's the planet? The Luth or um? Uh, I'm still Luthor? not sure. Were they Gundarks? No. Uh, what are they called? They're like the little. And then he he eventually like like summons that big giant, the big giant creature, to fight the Inquisitor. Yes. 
I don't yeah, know. Yeah. There's just this really beautiful scene where, oh God, I got to get their names down. Kanan? Kanan, yeah. Kanan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like teaching. He's like, you need to like communicate with these creatures. And then by the time yeah. the Inquisitor gets there, they're all, oh, and, and with um the Greedo uh, character, um, oh my gosh, what's his? Yeah, their, their old right. family friend. Yeah, and then, had, oh, like, yeah, he's like, he's like, I forgive you. I, he gives him the forgiveness, and then yeah. he's able, like, through reaching that forgiveness, there's something about his family, he's able to calm these creatures. I don't know, I just thought it was such a beautiful scene. They're all sitting there with yeah. these, like, gold slit little um, eyes, just calmly, weirdly <laughs> around him. I don't know. It's, I just think it's super creepy. Yeah. And then when he gets angry, the giant one comes up from the depth. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. That's, cool. That's right. The mother yeah. load, the big <laughs> yeah. giant. I was like, shoot. That was, like, my, I don't know, that was one of my favorite episodes. I just love that moment. Yeah. I think the one thing that I'd want more yeah. of in the future from the show is more character development for the female characters. Um, for mm-hmm. Sabine and uh, Hera, I felt like we're both a little like more in the background than the rest of the characters. Like, I feel like I got to know all the male characters more than I got to know the female characters in season one. True. Well, that I'm will that I'm, changes, right? Or- that will change. I'm going to tell you right now. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it will. Because Sabine gets a lot of screen time. I think it's in three and mostly in three and four but that's a lot uh, they bring back like a lot of the mandalorian they go to mandalore Ooh. and i think we talked about that a little bit when we were talking about mandalorian but yeah and i don't know i don't want to give everything away but it's kind of like it's already out there but like well, there's just you, more i'm gonna about- watch it <laughs> <laughs> it's like i want to talk about it but i can't talk about it yeah. um yeah mandalore. you change mandalorian so it will she's definitely going to get a lot more to her story that's for sure do you think that like mandalorians would be deeply offended by what sabine has done to her armor yes <laughs> <laughs> depends on which ones some of them seem pretty cool some of them seem super uptight yeah yeah i mean it's but, a- i mean it, it does seem yeah. like the uh, the lore of the Mandalorians has changed significantly from like the cartoons into the new show. But is is Sabine supposed to be from Mandalore? Oh yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's very clear. You'll when you get there, it'll be really really clear. Okay. She mentions that she's ex Imperial. That's that's kind of what we get from her now. Is that yes. she left the Imperial Academy for? As of yep. now, unknown reasons. Yeah, I love, I love what she did with her art through the whole season. But like painting <laughs> that Tie Fighter towards the end of the oh, season was that. so great. I love. I love that. my God, Tie Fighter, the orange like Tie Fighter. Yeah, that was weird. <laughs> like it felt like wish fulfillment for me. But I'm like, I've never wished for this, but I have. <laughs> I wouldn't know to wish for this if I had thought about it. But it's so good. I like the I, book ending it too. She was, I think it was in the short, like the web short that introduces her, where mm-hmm, she just, mm-hmm. uh, it's, she does kind of what the she does at the, the beginning of the last episode of the season. And that's why there's like the type, the, the stormtroopers are making jokes like, oh, the artist is back. And then mm-hmm. when she puts the bomb on the type, they're like, not again. And then everyone's uh, yeah. <laughs> I thought that was a nice little bookend. Yeah, yeah. That was a nice little callback. Oh, you right. Yeah, we were talking about the Imperial Academy. One of my favorite episodes was when um, when Ezra goes undercover. Yeah, in the Imperial that. Academy. That was great. Yeah, I hope like, that kid comes back. Again. Yeah, yeah. Seeing mm-hmm. that kid again in this season was so cool. 
Um, yeah. Yeah, it's so Moon interesting this idea that like not all Imperials are bad, you know? I mean, because yes, like obviously right. that's the case. Like we've seen that many times. Like Finn is a great example of someone who abandoned yeah. the Imperial lifestyle, but. Yeah, it's so interesting to see like these kids being trained in the Imperial ways, and especially when you have Ezra in there being this double agent. Um, yeah, there was, it was so good. Like it was so clever and so well put together. It really felt like um, like the old Legends canon to me. Like this is the type of stories that they used to tell, where yeah. it's like very character driven, trying to build new characters that kind of intersect with the original trilogy characters, but. Yeah. But it like we don't focus on the original trilogy characters. It's like this is like the peripheral story that was happening, but now we get to dive in with these characters instead of the originals and it just kind of enriches the whole universe and, and the whole world and it's really I just love it. Yeah, it's like just enough. Yeah. Like I said, the the fan service is done well. It's just enough callback to like the original trilogy having Yoda's voice in there for a while, enough to mm -hmm. kinda get you hooked into it, but then the new characters were so interesting that it you know you're driven forward by that and this is very well thought out i guess yeah. yeah. i definitely enjoy it more than i thought i would yeah y'all it's gonna get crazy you don't even know <laughs> it yeah. gets so crazy i can't wait oh, yeah. i just said we could probably even do like a i don't know i we could binge it and just do a whole series or is it still going or is it done it's done it's done, it's done. It yeah is done. It's four, done. four seasons yeah four Oh, it's only no. four? Oh. Yeah. 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 I heard a someone was talking about, they're like, yeah, uh, Clone Wars got canceled. Rebels finished the story they wanted to tell. Oh. Yeah, exactly. Doug, did you watch all of Rebels or just season one? Just season one. I'm okay. not, I don't go ahead on the podcast except for Star Trek. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I just know that once you get watching, it's hard to stop you. No, 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 I'll stop. I mean, I stopped on Arrowverse until we yeah. get caught up and then I do it. Hey, you do what you want. I, uh, <laughs> what, okay, question for y'all. Yeah. What did you think of um, Tarkin in Rebels? I loved it. And I loved it, and I had also just watched an episode of Clone Wars at the end of season three with Tarkin in it. So Wait, it was young Tarkin. Yeah, it was such a, like, I watched them within, like, a day of each other. So it was oh. really fun to see that character in two different timelines in the cartoons. Um, yeah, I, that reminds me, I'm so curious when we get to uh, Thrawn, what he's going to sound like, because in my imagination, his voice has always been Tarkin's voice. Just yeah. like, when I see his face, I just hear it with Tarkin's voice. So I'm, I'm excited to I, see what they do with his voice. It's, it's, it's everything I wanted, so I don't know. Yeah. It's like... He's literally my favorite character in this series. Like, yeah. oh, I'm just so like, I just, it's like everything I wanted to see and oh. hear on screen. Like, <laughs> I cannot wait for you guys to get to it. <laughs> what did What did you think of Tarkin be? I so for me, he's one of those characters that I always kind of have a lot of opinions about, just because the actor's no longer here. So, like, I feel like people's interpretation of what he would have done is so interesting because I think the original actor from the original trilogy is just so perfect in his delivery and in his and just the core of who he is is it's undeniable. Mm -hmm. So sometimes I feel like depending on you know who's portraying him in whatever the medium is, it's either overdone or underdone. Right. Um, like he's too evil. Like it's just too campy, or like it's too subtle, and I don't really know what he wants, what he cares about. 
Um, and I feel like in <laughs> season one of Rebels, he was subtle, but then when, when it was time for the deed to be done, it was like classic, you know, you may fire when ready. Like, it's yeah. like, and we're just going to chop off these dudes' heads in a yeah. simple meeting. It's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and even like the command, all the commanders in that room are like, Freaking out! Like everyone's like, did they just behead these two? <laughs> like they're beheaded! Like their heads just felt like their their heads are gone. Like <laughs> I thought they were publicly staged, but there were no beheading meetings. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, yeah, that's Tarkin. Okay, great. Thank you. You've uh, just uh, established the character that I think I that I thought I knew. Like, that's yeah, that's him. The Grand Moff without cutting off a few heads. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> Good old Grandma Tarkin. Just... <laughs> <laughs> Did I tell so, the story about how my, like, I, I was shopping for Star Wars toys with my, um, at the time, my grandpa's girlfriend, and they, they married later, but um, I we were, like, at a Toys R Us or something, and I was like, oh, I want to look for the Star Wars action figures. I, I need a Grand Moff Tarkin. And she's like, who? Grandma Grand- Tarkin? <laughs> <laughs> I'll never forget it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, do we have more to say about Rebel Season One? I feel like there's I feel like just a lot of love for it, you know? I'm also excited to keep going on it. Yeah, me too. The Inquisitor. The Inquisitor was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Do they explain the rule of two and how it applies to Inquisitor? Or is that one of those things that's like, yeah, it sort of works? I think sort of They will. Okay. They they more or less will, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm not that put out by it to the point where, like, I wasn't going to look online because I don't want to get spoilers in case they did. But it was something that I was thinking about. Because obviously it's not... It's not like an immutable law. Clearly, you can just like do what you want. Uh, but it did make me wonder. Yeah. Yeah. My, I feel like, in- oh, sorry. Go ahead, B. No, I just was going to say, I feel like you and I, you asked me the same question, Jesse, when we were watching yeah. it. When, at, when we watched that final episode, you asked me essentially the same question. Um, and I was like, I don't know how to answer this without giving it away. But like, right. Inquisitors are not Sith. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of what my working theory had been, based on Clone Wars, which really right. clarified a lot of mm-hmm. Star Wars mythology and canon for me. Where it was like, oh, it's a very specific thing if you're calling yourself Sith, you know. And there's nothing that stops Darth Maul and his brother from going. Yeah. You know what? We're Sith. I'm the master. He's my apprentice. You're yeah. gonna have to kill us if you don't want that to be the case anymore. Yeah, right. That's what I love so Ooh, much about was- Rise of Skywalker is this idea that like it really made the rule of two make sense. Whereas like the master has all of the Sith in them, and then the apprentice is training to take on that mantle, and there can only yeah. be two of them. Um, whereas like anyone else with force ability who uses you know maybe the dark side who maybe is affiliated with the Empire is not necessarily a Sith. Um, is just like a force adept bad guy so right yeah. well yeah i mean i don't know i'm just stoked on star wars right now like <laughs> i feel like star wars like people so many people are complaining about star wars right now like there was this whole backlash against rosario dawson being cast because she's not the voice actress she's who played not. the character originally yeah. and they're like right. yeah just have the voice actress play her i'm like yeah but rosario dawson is a movie star like she you know 
she makes perfect sense to cast, I think. And she will be the first woman of color to be a main character in Star Wars ever. Like, there's never been a main character that was a woman of color. Am I wrong about that? Um, no. I'm yeah. pretty sure. I don't think so. Because, yeah, because Maz Kanata is not a main character, and we don't see her face. Right, yeah. She's, it's not her. Um, it's Yeah, it's it's not Lupita. Although, I guess... And if, there was... If Lando's little apprentice, right, or Jana, not apprentice, but um, Jan, probably yeah, but daughter. But I guess I take yeah. that back because even uh, Ahsoka is only going to be in an episode or two. So, but she's like mm-hmm. such a fan favorite. Yeah, that's going to be a spinoff. Mm. That's going to be a spinoff series. I hope so. I hope so. There's no way they wouldn't do it. Yeah, and I mean, I'm so stoked yeah. about the Obi Wan show too. Like, I feel like we're about to enter into this Star Wars Renaissance the way that we did with Star Trek recently. Right. Where I hope so. I really do. Yeah, because like I guess we've sort of been in one with these movies coming out, but it's been so divisive and it's been so kind of inconsistent, inconsistent in the quality. So yeah, I feel like getting Star Wars into more consistent hands, such as like John John Favreau and Dave Filoni. I mean, yeah, I'm more intentional. So yeah, more intentional. Yeah. Exactly. Even though I'm, I'm yeah, well on the record saying I love all the movies that have come out. Um, Solo being my least favorite, but I still like it quite a bit. Um, but they don't feel that intentional. Like, the new trilogy did not feel that intentional. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, my I camera keeps shutting off. Yeah. I think Mandalorian was just a game changer. Like, I think Mandalorian's gonna shift it to a really... It set the bar really high. At least for the, it did. Live action. Yeah. Um, really good. Totally. Um, and also, I just looked up the act, the voice actress for Ahsoka and I think Rosario Rosario Dar- Dawson is going to be much more interesting. Um, because also, don't like I feel like actors can do voiceover work, but I don't know that it necessarily translates. Having voice actors are not always right. Good. Yeah. Like I think. I think a good voice actor is going to be a better voice actor than a live-action person doing voiceover acting would be. And I think vice versa is true as well, that someone who's trained to be, you know, or has worked a ton in front of the camera is probably better suited to be there, you know? I mean, mean, it it all depends, and, like, I don't know this... I I mean, I've never seen this woman do anything live-action, and she does an amazing job as the voice, but to me, I'm like, it doesn't, you know... I don't know. I mean, they, I don't know. I I don't understand this outrage. I get a little. I'm a little outraged at the outrage. It's like, why are we not? <laughs> why don't we just celebrate the fact that our fan favorite character is is getting the live action treatment? That's so cool. I would never expect it to be the same actress who played the the character in, in voiceover form. I mean, I think like because Doug, you talked about you know being really surprised that it wasn't Obi Wan's voice. Um, right. in Clone Wars because we do love those like whoever originates something that we fall in love with we, we love we want that person right we want mm-hmm. that person to see it through because we feel like they have the most they can deliver the most authentic performance as far as like p- fans being upset that what is it her last name is Eckstein right we can't remember her first yeah, name yeah it's Ashley, uh, right? Ashley Ashley Eckstein or Eckstein Eckstein yeah, yeah. So, like, I, because I fell in love with her voice, too, and I understand, like, there's a, the, when Doug mentioned Obi-Wan, 
but that the voice actor who does Obi-Wan in the Clone Wars is not Ewan McGregor and that you were surprised by that because he does such a great job. I agree with that. Like even the tonality and like the, oh. the way he speaks, he can, it sounds he like he can laugh exactly he's, like Ewan McGregor. It's a, it's on, you know, it's yeah. like, okay, you did your homework, yeah. but like, so I get when like, if the person who voices the actor voices, the character could is like not too old or is able to do it. Like, it's like, why not just, you know, stick with what we know? Cause we love that voice. We love her the way that she's the one who's, you know, created the character that we love basically. Um, however, I completely agree with you. It's like voice, voice actors are always the best to be in front of the camera, but also it's not at the end of the day, it's the casting director and people, the production team, like that's their choice who they want to represent this character in, in its totality, in the physicality, in the way that they yeah. storytell. Yeah. Um, and also, like, a lot of the alien characters, unfortunately, like, in Star Wars, they constantly just feature the white, brown-haired girl. Like, that is the character right. we always see. Right. Um, and the, a lot of the ethnic people who do get a chance to be in Star Wars are often aliens, and mm -hmm. we don't actually see their ethnic makeup at all. Yeah. Right. Um, and we got to see, like you said, Janna in this last movie, but she also... Like, she's not on the screen that much, and she doesn't necessarily drive the plot forward, except she, you know, kind of is a part of um, Finn's story, and his, and you already know how I feel about how he was portrayed on screen. Right. Yeah. So, like, Oh, we're forgetting about that, Rose. Oh, I'm sorry I interrupted you, but I just remembered that Rose is a main character, and a woman of color, <laughs> and completely sidelined in the third movie, and, uh -huh. and like, fans, uh -huh. like, revolted against her because they're racist, so, like, I, I was thrilled to see Ros rosario dawson cast because she's like a you know she's a nerd like she has act this yes. is actually her dream job she has been on the record saying she wanted to play ahsoka tano for years like um. for years like this is something she's always wanted to do and the fact that she gets to do it i think is perfect i'm so stoked about it yes yeah but like there's so many if you look even at because what is it it's the prequels actually that show us kind of just all the different Jedi that existed before Order 66 and the, so right. many different alien species and a lot of them were played by people of color, especially black people. Like, right. you're not going to see black people in Star Wars. Like, the people that you do, you remember who they are because there's so little of us. <laughs> right, 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 right. right. Like, there's maybe four characters and then some <laughs> don't get to see them. Lupita is an amazing actress and the right. people actors, but she, why is she on green screen? Like, why is she not <laughs> off her face? Yeah. Like, anybody's been Las Canada. Why hide? Right. my own thought. Yeah. So, I feel like I get, I'm on, I, I can play devil's advocate. Like, I understand the being, loving the actors that create are part of that original creation of characters that we fall in love with. Um, but at the same time, it's like, yeah, she was the best choice. I feel like Ahsoka Tano, her alien race looks ethnic. Her features are ethnic. If you right. look at what she looks like just as an alien uh, creature, as an alien in this universe, you're not going to find a lot of those features on people who are not of some kind of ethnic makeup. Yeah. She's a very, so like, very blonde white lady based from her IMDb photo. And mm -hmm. she's done almost entirely voice work. Yeah. What I saw. Besides a few guest yeah. spots on late 90s TV shows like, yeah. or that 70s show. Stuff like that, but yeah, yeah, like I actually get kind of yeah, annoyed been if the I'm wrong call. I get kind of annoyed if I'm watching a like a big budget cartoon and they use famous live action actors to do the voice work and they obviously aren't that good at it. Like I get really annoyed. You know, it's like 
<laughs> like these people are professionals in their fields. Let's use them in the field that they're professionals in. And there's obviously people that can do both, and that's great. And like Skywalker, maybe Mark Hamill. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Mark uh, Hamill has like made a real, real career out of voice acting. And maybe yeah, actually, I don't argue he's like, a better voice actor than he is. Yeah, yeah, that's a very, very good. That's a great example. I love Mark Hamill, but let's be honest. Yeah, yeah. yeah let's be real. Um, yeah. He's good when he hands it up in live action. And he's incredible yeah. as Luke Skywalker. I mean, he's oh, yeah. perfect. I mean, but there are like deleted scenes from Return of the Jedi where it's like, man, that was a rough acting choice he made. And I'm glad they <laughs> cut that out. Um, but yeah, I, lo I love him. He's amazing. And I thought that he was incredible in Last Jedi. I loved his, you know, old Luke. I thought it was fantastic. Mm -hmm. But yeah, like, I don't know. I, I don't know. I just feel like Star Wars fans are just looking for reasons to be mad or the, the media is just looking for reasons to report on mad Star Wars fans. Maybe it's like a small minority and it's just being blown out of proportion because the media is just talking about it too much. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, just think that you get a lot of attention when you're angry in, yeah. in fandom and you get, yeah. I mean, there's traction of it. There's We've talked about this with Star Trek is that there's like basically this whole industry of just being mad at new content yeah, you know, it's it's weird. Yeah, like I mean, even my own friends on Facebook are constantly posting how Picard is like a garbage fire that shits all over the legacy of Star Trek: Next Generation. And I'm I'm a lifelong Star Trek: Next Generation super fan, and I love Picard. I think they're doing such a great job, and it it flummoxes me why people are so upset. But that's mm -hmm. okay. They can be upset if they want to. I I feel like. I, I say this all the time, but whoever likes the thing the most is winning because like liking things is more fun than hating things. So why waste your energy on on hatred? Yeah. Because it leads to the dark side. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I feel like because fans were so divided with the new trilogy with eight and then even worse with nine, I feel like people I feel like the franchise has a lot to like there's a lot of eyes on Star Wars because like, well, how are you going to make up for this mess? Like, right. this is a historic mess. <laughs> like, they will never, ever live this down. Ever. Like, how disjointed 7, 8, and 9 are. They're like, three mm -hmm. separate movies that are supposed to be one story, and they're just mm -hmm. not. So, like, I, I feel like with The Mandalorian being such, such a success, um, everybody is ready. You know what I mean? The people who are ready to criticize are ready. You know, it's like, yeah. give me something because people are so unhappy with how this epic saga ended. I mean, I'm a part of that. I did not care for nine. Really? Like, it's not, I, it's definitely not what I, I mean, we talked about, we rated, I gave it like a seven, I think when we rated him. Yeah. And it's like, there were things that were satisfying because I did fall in love with the characters, but I was really not happy with what we got like i wanted more and you'll understand why after you watch all of rebels because they <laughs> and i'm gonna keep saying this so you don't forget but i have like if i somehow had the power to write nine like i would totally take in some of the content or at least a seed from the content that they do in the last couple seasons of rebels because season four i feel like is just absolutely amazing and I'm like, why is this kind of storytelling not happening on the big screen? Like, this is what I want to see. That's so, like, art. Uh, <laughs> I'm thinking about it. Is there, because, yeah, like, Star Wars, you're saying all the, like, the new trilogy definitely has that um, group of people that, very divided fan base, people that hate it. Is there any group like that, though, that hated The Mandalorian? Is there, like, some Reddit thread about how bad The Mandalorian, or did any I've Star Wars get it, or is that pretty unanimous? I've nothing. seen nothing, yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. I feel like I haven't either. 
I mean, how could That's you? Quite a feat for, how could you hate the Mandalorian? A, it's so good. I know. Oh, exactly. I know. I couldn't you know, imagine you know. it, but just because Star Wars fans are such assholes, I was surprised. <laughs> there's not some. I just took a picture of you guys on my screen. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, wait! I gotta do it again. I got. I got. <laughs> no, Doug! No, <laughs> you monster! <laughs> wait, hold on! Oh, hold on. on. <laughs> <laughs> Yoda, yes. Oh, no. This is going on Instagram. Oh, oh. Oh. Yeah, Doug. Put your shirt back I like on, Doug. Right now. <laughs> oh, no. oh, oh, hey, Yoda. <laughs> oh, oh, my gosh. Poor podcast so listeners. They're suffering through oh, this. Gosh. This terrible audio again? quality, and they can't even get that joke that just happened. <laughs> we have the Darth Vader noises, so when I, I flew home a couple weeks ago, actually, right before everything blew up, and when I thought I was just going to have a week off work, because all our events canceled, Yeah. and I just surprised my dad, who was recovering from knee surgery, and so we have at home this like authentic Darth Vader mask, and so my dad's up in his room... And my mom and I decided to surprise him. So I just like, he's talking to his mom, to my mom, and I just start going, <laughs> like outside his door, and I just stand there and I walk in. <laughs> and he, he was like, he told me, he's like, I thought I was like some like pain medication induced. <laughs> oh, like, I gosh. couldn't figure out like what I was looking at. And all of a sudden, I was just like, yes. my with skinny jeans. <laughs> <laughs> Bartholomew Vader. Yeah. It was really great. He was like, I did, couldn't process what I was looking at. Like, I'm on a lot of meds right now. <laughs> yeah. That's like when I, I like leave my dog downstairs to go grab something upstairs and I see a pile of towels on the floor and think it's my dog. I'm like, what? Mm. <laughs> wow, so <I> teleported upstairs. <laughs> yeah. Well, I feel like this is a good place to wrap it up because. I love seeing your faces, but this audio audio quality is atrocious, <laughs> and my my ears are just like I can't handle the audio cutting in and out any longer. <laughs> I wish that we had a a higher quality way of doing this remotely, but I I'm I'd rather do it than not do it at all. You know? Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you want to try other services instead of yeah? Let's, Facebook. Let's do that next time. Maybe we can try Skype or Zoom or something, and maybe it'll be a little clearer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And let's watch no, season two. Of, let's watch season two of Rebels and do this again next month. What yeah. do you say? Yes. And I promise I will, I will not cheat this time. I will get the- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How was it when you saw Darth Vader at the end? Uh, yeah, Darth Vader at the end. Really cool. I know. <laughs> really cool. Well, like, I, had to, I knew I had to get to the last episode, so I just like I would kind of like watch a part, and then when it was like, oh, they're just flying in space, I would kind of cross to try and cut it down as much as I can. So I basically watched all the last like four episodes in like ten to fifteen minutes. Yeah, I mean, that's how someone's got through college. So, <laughs> if, it, if it works, it works. Yeah, you're not, you're not, Star Wars Club doesn't grade you on seeing <laughs> all, all of the. Episodes. I felt so ashamed. Yeah. Yeah. I, I needed more time. I was like, I yeah. but I'm trying to binge watch this real fast. <laughs> That reminds me, isn't Rise of Skywalker now on Disney Plus? Uh, 
I think it comes out in a couple days. It's not on there yet. Okay. Uh, I think Is it, it the thirty first? Okay. I, I think that's tomorrow. So. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's I'm exciting. stoked. I really want to watch that a few more times. I still. I only saw it once. I didn't go back to see it again in the theater. No, oh, I saw it twice. Yeah, I only saw it twice. Yeah, yeah I'm excited. Andy I'll hasn't seen it yet. Yeah. Oh, uh, what? Yeah, well, she never tomorrow, made it to see it in the theater. Yeah, there oh we go. Oh my god, I think my mom hasn't seen it. Oh wow. That's why my mom didn't get to see it either. Yeah. Ugh. One of these days we got to interview your mom. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That'd be fun. Yeah. She, we she's have, the one who we have a parents of Star Wars cuz you said your mom's the one that got you into this. My dad's the one that yeah. got me into Star Wars. We had them be mm-hmm. like guest special. Yeah, guests. we should have none of us in the episode and just have all of our parents <laughs> in it. <laughs> Like looking at the camera, like, like, like <laughs> so, so wait, is that like Star Wars Club, the next generation? <laughs> My mom would gladly host that. The old generation. <laughs> <laughs> like, what would that be? Yeah. <laughs> the the generation. The, yeah. the the sequel trilogy of this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, this was awesome. Thank you guys for for being here. It's always so much fun. And thank you, listeners, Yay. for listening. And until next time, stay nerdy out there. Space Nerds is listener funded through Patreon. To support the show and gain access to bonus content, sign up at Patreon.com/SpaceNerdsPodcast. If you love this show, help us spread the word by sharing it on your favorite social media platform or leaving us a positive rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever else you can find our show. If you have a question or comment you'd like the Space Nerds to discuss in the next episode, email us at spacenerdspodcast at gmail.com. To browse our complete library of episodes or check out my sci-fi synth-pop music and music videos, visit my website at jessemercury.com. Keep it spacey, baby!